Merry Christmas, college basketball fans. Welcome to Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Steelers Season 4, Episode 11. We've done 11 episodes without a game being played, plus the previews for the teams. Sam Fetterman, Jonathan Lidskin, we are here to bring you the Christmas Eve spectacular, the extravaganza, if you will. Today on the show, we have a big one planned. We will go over everything we learned from the exhibitions and everything we didn't learn from the exhibitions. We will go over the big games coming up in the first few weeks of the season leading into Feast Week, just like we did last year, although we'll have more shows in between now and Feast Week than we did last year. We will do a new segment called Vibe Check, where a bunch of correspondents from around the country sent us videos and audio just a minute on a team that they cover or they're a fan of, and we'll tell you what we agree with, what we disagree with. And then we have Nick Lawrenson from Mid-Major Madness and Queens University's coaching staff joining us after that. We'll have PDT Scouting join us as well. And then we will do the Notorious Over-Unders. I'm very excited for the entire show, first of all. But that last segment, ah, like, that was something that we kind of just did very spontaneously last year. And I'm glad that we, like, we, we built it in again because we, we had some good ones last year. Some ones that went right down to the wire. I had, um, I believe I had the San Diego State over win total that we set. And they needed to make the national championship game to, 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 to get that to, for me. And they did. So... We ended up setting some pretty good lines. All right. So the first topic that we're going to cover is we're going to talk secret scrimmages and exhibitions because we have not had a show since those have been going on. Jonathan, what is your overall opinion on secret scrimmages and exhibitions? So overall, I don't think there's too much to like react to or base an opinion on. Because, like, they are what they are, right? Like, they're scrimmages, they're exhibitions. Coaches want to try things out. Coaches want to see what lineups they like, what lineups they don't like. Like, overall, it's just kind of a fun thing to see results for and and watch to get the juices flowing before the real thing starts. Yeah, and... I don't have too many, like, actual takeaways from them like i watched both of tennessee's secret scrimmage or not scrimmages exhibitions because i cover the team and like they're playing without ziegler and vescovy but overall i was pretty impressed i think they're gonna be a lot better offensively than they were last year even if that means they take a step back defensively it'll probably be better for their team and then the other one is just like louisville might be just as bad as they were last year so yeah that's the that's the first one that I think everyone wants to discuss. Louisville looked really bad against NAIA Simmons College. They turned the ball over 17 times in that game. Curtis Williams was good, I'll say that. But the guard depth is still a major concern. And Kenny Payne then comes out and they lose to Kentucky Wesleyan. And in the postgame press conference, Kenny Payne says – we're not going to win with talent. First of all, you just lost to a Division II team. They don't get as many scholarships as you do. Mm-hmm. 
They don't get the full scholarships that you do. They don't have any NIL. And you just lost to them, and now you're blaming talent. And you built the roster. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it that you're not winning with talent? It's your own, Kenny Payne. Like, Louisville clearly has the resources. They, they clearly have the brand. Because if Kenny Payne was fired at this very moment, there would be coaches all over the country lining up to take that job. And, and that could get it right there. Like, I think, and it sounds almost weird to say for an exhibition, but, like, he's done, man. Like, he he's done probably before Christmas. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Kenny Payne, I liked the hire because I thought that it was, I thought it was a good process hire. They brought in a guy with different background because the program had kind of been going down a little bit, but it wasn't awful yet. They could still salvage it, and player development was going to be key, and that was pain. Player development comes from the Patino tree as well, can recruit. He's done none of those things. Player development is supposed to be, like, the reason you bring in these NBA guys. Like, that's why Indiana brought in Mike Woodson. That's why Louisville brought in Kenny Payne. I'm struggling struggling to think of other examples. Eric Musselman, right? Like a Shrewsbury. Yeah, Musselman was an NBA guy for a long time. This, this Mark is Madsen why, was an NBA guy. This is why you bring in NBA guys, because they're really good at developing talent. And, like, Kenny Payne, just, like, what do you like from him at this point? He's done nothing well. There was a rumor coming out of a practice that, like, he got into a fight with a player. Yeah. The most obvious fake rumor in the history of rumors. But, like... Like, but, but like, what other school like could could you get people on outside of Louisville right now on that? Like, what other like notable school like is, would that be like even close to believable outside of Louisville? I don't know. Like, it's it is so bad that like you someone could make up a rumor like that about them and it, and, and it gains traction. It it took a minute. I'll say it, it did take a minute. Um, I think another thing that we learned about through these exhibitions is that West Virginia is just as big of a mess as we thought it was. Yeah. I said when I revealed them in my top 100, what was the exact wording of that tweet? Well, while you search for that, I will say that I tweeted today that I'm going to release my risers and fallers of my top 100 uh, based on what's happened over the last couple months, even couple weeks. West Virginia will be the first faller I probably list. They're an absolute mess right now. Kreeza suspended nine games. Battle didn't get his waiver. Obviously, a cook a cook had is having a heart issue. Um, very glad he's okay, but he's not going to play tomorrow against Missouri State. Like, what do they have left? Like, this is yes. like, like, we're not even sure Josh Eilert can coach. Yeah. So like, essentially. In September, which is before Perez was gone, when Battle was when Battle's waiver was still in the air, all a Cook was healthy. I said I don't at all question the talent on the WVU roster. I just think there's a question as to whether the roster was carefully constructed to fit the vision, or whether it was just collecting a ton of talented players and saying, "Here, I'll figure it out in November." Mm-hmm. And I think after watching the exhibition, George Mason, um, it's pretty clearly the latter and 
the I, roster I, now without Perez, without Battle, without a Cook, the scoring punch is really not there. So you probably can answer this question better than I can. I don't know how much you've seen him play, but obviously Jesse Edwards tomorrow against in that West Virginia Missouri State game is going to be the best player on the floor. Is Donovan Clay from Missouri State the second best player on the floor? I wouldn't say no. Yeah, I mean that that's probably I, like, like I mean I Josiah Harris is pretty solid. Yeah. I don't know who Louisville plays tomorrow or if they play tomorrow, but like that is your most obvious by game loss um from a high major tomorrow is West Virginia hosting Missouri State. We'll get into that in a moment, but the other thing about this thing is we've also never seen Josh Eilert as a head coach. Yeah. I'm are Huggins is he gonna use all of Huggins principles? Are Huggins principles even still working in college basketball? Because Huggins is pretty washed up. Like this isn't a oh coach K retires, John Shire's getting promoted. Roy Williams retires. Hubert Davis is getting promoted. Kyle Neptune comes back to Villanova after Jay Wright retires. Like, this isn't that situation. This is the Rodney Terry situation, but, like, a hundred times worse because the players were all at a point in the offseason where they could leave if they wanted to. So, like, like Eiler might, Eiler might do well. We don't know what well look what well will look like for this team yet yeah definitely we we don't know what like there is not a team in the country maybe with more confusing expectations in wvu and we have ethan bach um sent us a video we'll talk a little bit more vibe check there honestly we might have just <laughs> we might have just ruined that whole bit for a moment but i do think ofri nava they have this israeli kid um, he can shoot. He's going to be an impact player for them. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only surprise that I can say about this West Virginia team, maybe. It, it's really a confusing group. They're, it's – I don't even know what to say. Like, is like is Noah Farkinen going to be, like, one of the first guys Farrakhan. off the bench? Far, is Farrakhan going to be one of the first guys off the bench? I, I, I don't even know if he's eligible. <laughs> like, I don't know who's playing for this team. All right. The back to the exhibitions. Uh-huh. Deron Holmes is shooting threes now. Yeah, uh, that I watched that Dayton Ohio State game, or at least I watched the uh, the Matthew Loves Ball version of that game, which is which are always excellent. And you know, I was impressed with both teams. I think Ohio State's now sophomores have really taken a step up. Bruce Thornton looked great. Roddy Gale looked really good. Um, Enoch Cheeks for Dayton looks like he could really be something. And then yeah, Deron Holmes. Not only was he shooting threes, but he's taking the ball coast to coast for tra- transition layups. Like he looks like a completely different player in a very good way and a potential All American, if I do do say so. Yeah, I was very very impressed with what Deron Holmes brought to the table in that game. Cheeks was great too. It's going to be all about consistency for Dayton's guards. We'll talk about it with Nick Lawrence and of Mid Major Madness a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to bring up. Um, the fact that Ohio State won that game. Yeah. Um, Ohio State went on the road, 14,000 people, and they won that game. And th- these are two teams that 
are around similar spots in most rankings, like 30 to 60 ish in most mm-hmm. people's rankings. And like Ohio state went on the road and won that game. That's obviously not counting, but that's a quad one win. Yeah. Uh, like I think Ohio state was a team that I had in the thirties uh, in my, um, what's it called in my, in my countdown. And I want to bring back this tweet from over the summer, Sam, that I I was just scrambling to find. I I asked you this question. This was on July 18th. I asked you who this year could be a team like Purdue or Marquette, who just like relies very heavily on internal development and surprises a lot of people based on maybe lower expectations than I said, Ohio state, Syracuse and we we listed four teams. Ohio State was the first one. We said Syracuse as well. Iowa and Wisconsin were the other two. Yeah, it's a it's a very Big Ten laden thing. Mm-hmm. And on the subject of the Big Ten, Illinois. I mean, Coleman Hawkins at the five looks a lot better than I thought it would, mm-hmm. and it also kind of allows Dane Danger to not have to play 27, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, Illinois. It's going to be really interesting because it looks like, like early results look. It looks like they could that could work because, but they're like going to play a lot of a non-traditional center and a non-traditional point guard. Like Ty Rogers looked capable. I, I imagine he's going to turn the ball over um, more than you would like for your point guard. But you know, as long as he can keep the offense flowing and they can use Shannon off ball. I think that helps them a lot. Yeah. Another topic of discussion, Kentucky's interior defense is pretty disastrous right now with Zvonimir Ivasic. We don't even know what's going on with him. Um, has he, you've got has he, been, has he been ruled eligible yet? I don't think he has. Cause um, Burke, ha- Burke hasn't for UCLA either. Cause Ugana Kingsley is injured. Aaron Bradshaw is injured. It's, I mean, you got to play Trey Mitchell at the five, and Trey Mitchell's a mediocre defensive four. Yeah, that um, that Kansas game a week from Tuesday is going to be really interesting because guarding Hunter Dickinson with a with a six nine center is not a strategy I would recommend taking. And Kansas has a bunch of veteran players, both in the backcourt and the frontcourt, going up against a Kentucky team in their first like real big environment where opposing fans will be there that event is usually a lot of michigan state fans depend um in chicago but yeah it's going to be an interesting test especially with the front court depth limited like if they're down to just trey mitchell and like would jordan burks be their other guy that would put a five then if that's who they're down to like that that i can't imagine that works yeah, it, it could be It's really, going to be a work in progress in Lexington, I think. It could be really, really interesting how that game plays out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's obviously looking a little far far ahead. We got a full week of basketball to play before the Champions Classic. But I think Kentucky's going to be one of the most intriguing teams this year, especially at the st- start of the year. I, I think they'll probably get better as the season goes along, but how much better is my question because yeah. I don't think the ceiling is as high as a normal 
class that looks like this would be. Yeah. Um, you want to get into vibe checks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Colorado. What's up? I'm Harrison Simeon here in front of the CU Men's Center in Boulder, Colorado, here to give a vibe check on the Colorado men's basketball team heading into the 2023-24 season. While they may be overshadowed by Coach Prime and the football team here on campus, this group is out for, with something to prove. And I would say the vibes around here are pretty refreshed. Coach Tad Boyle leads a pretty underappreciated group led by returners such as KJ Simpson or Tristan forward Tristan Da Silva, who was voted as the most underrated player in the country by The Athletic. This team also mixes youth and experience extremely well, with guys to watch including longtime members such as Luke O'Brien and Javon Hadley, and new guys such as big guy freshman Cody Williams, who could be a top 10 pick in this year's NBA draft. Other new players I'm looking, looking to see this year are backup center Joe Herbert, red, redshirt freshman guard RJ Smith, who I talked to after practice yesterday, and uh, freshman forward Asan Diop. This group has unlimited defensive potential, and if they can figure out their three-point shooting, they can be an absolute force in the Pac-12 this year and years to come. If Tad Boyle can get this group to congeal, I think this group, this team could play deep into March this upcoming season. I'm Harrison Simeon in front of the CU Event Center. So that's definitely a vibe check. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Vibes are very high in Boulder. Thank you so much, Harrison. Um, I disagree with a lot of that, but I see what he's getting at. I, I There's think definitely he, a ton of defensive potential there. Yeah, that's the part that stood out to me. I, if, I think he's right about that. If Colorado is going to be as good as Colorado fans, Colorado students, and a lot of Pac-12 people think they can be, it's going to be a defense first team. They're not going to be offense first. And look, I, I disagree on Cody Williams. Mm -hmm. And I saw your face when he said that. <laughs> but like... I don't – I get the idea of Cody Williams. It's just that he can't shoot. The, the like idea – He's really good – he's a really good mover, and that fits in well with this group. This, this is a team that moves well. They have length, athleticism, and strength. And I think that that's something that Colorado is going to bring in space. They're going to be very tough. And they're always tough. And they're a little more talented this year than usual. But they're not they're not as improved as I think a lot of people want to make them out to be. What's the quote? The the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Am I using that right? Some of the parts is greater than the whole, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I like you know I agree with you about Cody Williams. I, I think that he just kind of spawned as on three's number one player one day and the, the hype train was kind of off the rails. I think he can be a productive player if he stays a, a year, uh, plays two years at Co Colorado. But I mean, I think he'll be productive this year. I mean, he'll get to the basket. He'll be good defensively. Um, like, he'll, he'll be a good ball handler as a wing connective connective. He'll average like nine points. Yeah, I, th I think shot selection could be an issue for him. And just, like, he'll be, he's he's a work in progress. Like, you, you've used the Brandon Miller without a jump shot comparison, which, like, 
that's kind of what makes Brandon Miller Brandon Miller. So that's a little concerning, but yeah, I, I agree about the defensive upside. I think Lampkin was a really smart addition. I think it was a little overblown when when they got him, but he's a very good player. Because he was supposed to go to Providence. Yeah, that's right. He know, he knows his role really well, though, and he'll be a good piece there. Like Tad's always Tad's teams have always done well with with, with like these like glue guy centers, which uh that that part intrigues me. But like, if they want. They need Tristan De Silva to basically be like the, the teams better with, than like what Jabari Walker was. Yeah, and the teams with the um, and the teams with the glue guy centers that worked, like those teams had like McKinley Wright, who was one of the best players in the country. I mean, KJ um, KJ Simpson's really good. KJ Simpson's but, really good. Hammond is good too, but yeah, they're not McKinley Wright. No, no. Nobody, nobody's McKinley Wright. I love that dude. Yeah, McKinley Wright was was one of the most underrated players in the country. Hmm. All right, you want to hear Kansas? Yeah, let's do it. Hi everyone, my name is Maddie. I am a student at the University of Kansas. Obviously, where I'm from, there are always going to be high expectations for KU basketball, and this year is definitely no different going into the season with pl- players like Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller. Um, You're going to expect the Jayhawks to make a deep run, just as you expect them to do every year. However, after watching the exhibition games lately, I don't feel great about the Jayhawks. Um, They did not have great defense against Jorge State, a D2 program last Wednesday. They weren't able to make really any of their threes. Um, I just think Bill Self said it post game. He was like, if you can't make your shots, at least make sure the other guys aren't making their shots. And KU isn't able to do either of those things right now. Um, And I think a lot of it is just like, a lot of my problems is that it seems like the team has no chemistry, which is going to happen with new faces and they're going to get into their groove. But I don't know how to explain it. Something just feels off for the Jayhawks this year. I get that. I, yeah. I get that. And that's that's brutally honest. So here's the here's the thing about Kansas. And you could say like this is an exhibition overreaction if you want, but I could promise you I this is it. not coming from that. I, we I mean, learned nothing about Kansas in that exhibition that we didn't already know. They have no they don't have a lot of depth and they don't have a lot of shooting. Kansas has a lot of very good players. I think if Kevin you you said Kevin McCuller will look great in that exhibition. I agree with you. I think if he can take take that step offensively, they have a chance to be really, really good. But at the same time, it was a little concerning that the second guy off the bench for them was Parker Brown, who like could not get on the floor uh, with Conzo Martin's teams at Mizzou. So I mean the thing about Kansas this year is that we don't really know what the second scoring option is going to look like. Because obviously it's going to be give it into Dickinson, give it into Dickinson. But none of Bill Self's best teams have been based around give it into the big guy. It's based around wing scoring and guard scoring. And Dewan Harris is great. He's one of the best players in the country. He's probably going to be borderline All-American, All-Big 12 without a doubt, arguably a player of the year candidate in the conference. But he's yeah. not a scorer. As I've said, the best KU team this year is one where Dewan Harris takes the scoring step. Um, Elmarco Jackson looked comfortable. He didn't look great. He looked comfortable. And we're still waiting 
on the shin splints to heal for Johnny Furphy. I, think I mean, he, I don't even know I if think he, he played against Florida State. I think he did. I, th <laughs> <laughs> I did not know you were going to do that. <laughs> I think he played against Florida State. I'm at least a little bit. By the way, for those of you listening on the podcast edition of this, we have instituted the Johnny Furphy counter which will count how many times we say the name Johnny Furphy this year. We are now up to three. So, so I actually, I was sitting in Mizzou Arena last year calling the exhibition game against WashU when Kansas was trailing, I think, at the half or at least like up one or something like that against Pittsburgh State, who's a D2 team in Kansas. And like, those things just don't bother me like all that much is like, as long as I don't have priors about that team, like I, like we obviously did with Louisville and Kentucky, worried me a little bit, but not, yeah. not too much. I think with Kansas, the, the, thing that, the thing that I want to talk about real quick is like Maddie did mention that like it's going to take a little while because you do have like you have a lot of new pieces like Hunter Dickinson, like Johnny Furphy. You have new pieces. The thing is, continuity is going to be a, t a problem for 90% of teams in the country at the yeah. start of the year. Because that's the, that's the way college basketball is now. Like, we we did a Kansas preview. We spoke with Maddie, And that was before Arterio Morris was kicked off the team for doing disgusting things again. Yeah. But, like, let's take a look at Kansas' schedule. They have... NC Central and Manhattan. Okay. I like Lavelle Moton. I like John Gallagher. <laughs> they should win those games by 30. Then it's the Champions Classic where Hunter Dickinson is going to have 35 points against Kentucky. <laughs> and then they go to Maui. They go to Maui. Uh -huh. Sorry. They don't go to Maui. They go to Honolulu. And they'll play Chaminade. They'll win that, hopefully. But then, after that... That tournament's a war. It's a war. They'll have UCLA Marquette, and then the top yeah. of the bracket is Tennessee, Syracuse, Purdue, Gonzaga. Yeah. There's so a chance they like, lose two games in that tournament. There's there's going to be a really, really good team that goes one and two in that tournament. There could be multiple really, really good teams that go one and two. There's a... There's a chance they lose two games in that tournament. They they could you beat Chaminade, you lose to UCLA or Marquette, and then you lose to Tennessee, Purdue, or Gonzaga, because Syracuse is going one and two without a doubt. They're just gonna beat Chaminade. I mean, it's it's a really tough draw for Syracuse. That that tournament is so good that like is like if you're if you're not Kansas, because Kansas plays Chaminade in the first round, if you're one of those other teams and you win the tournament and go 3-0, and like, the wheels could fall off in conference play for, for a lot of different reasons, and you would still, like, pretty much be guaranteed to get top three or four seed because right, you wanna, that tournament's that good. You want to get another vibe check? Yeah, let's do it. West, West. Hey, guys, this is Ethan Bach with uh, Western Sports Now uh, here for the vibe check uh, segment of the show on the Mountaineers this season. Uh, the vibes are definitely interesting. I would say uh, say it's definitely been rough the last month or so after a team lost Jose Perez, 
Uh, and then Raekwon Battles waiver got denied. And then a cook, a cook had a health scare. Uh, and then Kirk Kreisha got suspended for nine games. So a lot on the table for interim head coach, Josh Eiler, uh, this season, West, West Virginia, uh, West Virginia will now have eight scholarship players uh, available for Monday night against Missouri state. So they're going to have to rely on Quinn Slezinski and Jesse Edwards pretty much all the time for the first nine games. Uh, hopefully one of these role players steps up. They're going to need a bunch of them to step up. So uh, West Virginia's vibes definitely right now are rough, but if uh, Mountaineers can get Raekwon battle cleared and a, and a cook, a cook cleared as well, uh, they have a shot to win some games in the big 12 this year. Okay. So some games in the big 12, that that's the key there. You, you could see I, it like you could see it right away in Ethan's face. He's like, this is like this he, is gonna he be know he knows it's gonna be interesting. Like he knows how fun this is gonna be to write about and how not fun this is gonna be to read about. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of captured it. Like we talked about West Virginia a little earlier. I mean, this is gonna be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, Jesse like, should do- Jesse should dominate tomorrow night. What ha- what happens if Jesse gets in foul trouble and they lose to like Jacksonville State? Yeah, I mean this this could end up being really bad. I like, think there's a chance it does end up like they're going to lose an embarrassing game or two. Like I have no con- like they host St. John's, they host Pitt, they host Drexel. I would be surprised. Like I would be unbelievably surprised if they won two of those games. Are they in an MTE? Yes, they are. They are in Fort Myers. How many games is that? Is that I don't three? know. Let me figure that out. So, because like they're they're playing with eight scholarship players, you don't want to play three games in a row with eight. Scholarship Honestly, players. they there's a decent chance they lose to Drexel, they lose to Pitt, they lose to St. John's. All three of those at large hopes pretty much gone early. Um, Fort Myers tip off is. Two games, I think. Okay, that's that's that actually that sounds right. Let me make yeah, sure. Yeah, because Asheville's three, Arlington's <laughs> three. Yeah, Fort, Fort Myers is. Yeah, it's 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 two games because there's two divisions. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be rough, and I think we've covered that. Yeah, that that is most definitely one of the teams. Like obviously, first night. A lot of teams play. You're not going to be able to watch everyone. West Virginia is a team I will have eyes on tomorrow night. You want to hear FAU? Would love to. I've struggled all offseason with placing realistic expectations on FAU this season because they returned seven of eight starters from last season. They returned head coach Dusty May, who signed a 10-year contract extension. And on top of all of that, they finished one shot away from making a national title game. However, the non-conference schedule is challenging. There's a lot of potential tournament teams in neutral site games. The American Conference is going to be a challenging conference. I think the vibe and really the expectation is that there's unfinished business in Boca Raton. Not so much that they need to win the national championship, but they need to prove that last season wasn't a fluke. And I think the way they do that is by making a deep tournament run as a relatively high seed. They can't go into the tournament as the 12 seed, 
But if they can go in the tournament as a six seed, a five seed, there's a real chance that they can make a deep tournament run. Dusty May is built for March. This team is built for March, and they have the experience of last season. Not going to say the expectation is national championship, but I think the expectation is a Sweet 16 Elite Eight run. Yeah, it's interesting to think about FAU because the expectations are so high because you cannot go much further than they did last year. And everyone, like, if FAU wins 27 games and loses in the second round as like a eight seed, people are going to say that they were a fluke. But they'll probably finish in that scenario like 25th in Ken Palm. They finished 17th last year. Yeah, I saw. I, I, I asked a question um, on Twitter today. What is your hottest college basketball take? And we'll get to that later in the show after Nick, because we might have some difficulties with getting PDT on the show. He's he had something come up, um, so we'll get into that later. But somebody said um, FAU. So, somebody said, well, "What did you say about FAU?" I didn't. He said. He said. I don't think this is a hot take, but seeing other people's opinions, it feels like one. FAU wasn't a fluke last year. I don't think anybody thinks FAU was a fluke. I just think every tournament run is a fluke. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a single elimination tournament where the talent gap is extremely close in the sport. Like, it's just the nature of the tournament. I think FAU is a really good team. I wouldn't be all that surprised if they missed the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't be all that surprised if they played like a top 15 team in the country. Yeah, and we did a full preview of FAU with Kevin. Um, it was great. Um, you should definitely go back and watch it. But they have such a challenging non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. With teams that are really good mid-majors. Like St. Bonaventure, Charleston, Liberty, Loyola, Chicago, Florida Gulf Coast is good too. Like that's a lot of potential landmines. So here's what I'm here's what I'm worried about. And this won't necessarily change the overall expectation for them or the overall outlook for me on them, but they're gonna open Wednesday night against the Loyola Chicago team in the Barcelona Invitational. In Chicago, a game that is very much a losable game for them because Loyola Chicago is a good team, as you and I know. Like, the narratives about them are going to be off the rails if they don't come out with a W on Wednesday. Not only if they don't come out, if they don't come out and crush Loyola. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not going to crush Loyola. Loyola's going to play them tough because, I've said this, Loyola's one of the most underrated teams yeah. in the country. A lot, of A-10 a lot of A-10 people don't really think Drew Valentine can coach. Drew Valentine can coach. The guy brought in really good talent in the portal as well. Loyola's good. Now well, they're not they're not as good as FAU. But I get I get the can. whole like I get the whole year one Drew didn't have Porter's uh, Drew had Porter's kids still. Like he got Williamson back, he got Uguak back. I, I'm telling you right now, I watched that dude coach circles around uh Ben Jacobson in the MVC semis two years ago he can coach they had a down year they were reloading with a bunch of new pieces they will be much better ben jacobson another one of the most underrated coaches in the country what what did pedon call him the tom Izzo of the missouri valley the tom Izzo of the missouri valley now back to fau 
John L. Davis, Elijah Martin, like these are two of the best guards, like whatever like position you want to assign to John L. Davis. I think Martin's a pro. I think John L's a pro. I think they're both. I think John L's more likely a pro than Elijah, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're both pros. Vlad Golden is an excellent big man. Greenlee is back, and Boyd is back, and Witherspoon's back. Everyone's back, basically, except for um, Michael Forrest. That's who's not back. Um, took me a minute. But, like, they came into the tournament last year 23rd in Ken Palm. They come into the tournament 36th in Ken Palm this year. That's not a failure. Okay, it's a failure because – they're never gonna. Let, they're probably never gonna have the chance to return this type of team ever again. But it's not. It doesn't prove that last year was a fluke. If they are a ten seed and get out in the first round. Yeah. Let's get to Northwestern with Alex. All right. What's up, Sam and Jonathan? Um, little vibe check here from Northwestern men's basketball. Probably couldn't be any higher. Um, coming off the exhibition win over McKendry. Granted, D2 opponent, introduce all the caveats you want. But Brooks Barnheiser scored uh, 29 points, which would have been a career high. He had a game high, five steals and four blocks, along with like seven boards and four assists. It was just an incredible display, really showing what he's going to be able to do um, as kind of a two-way threat for Northwestern. Um, Boo-booey's boo-booey. Nothing really else needs to be said there. He didn't really score the ball well, but um, was getting a lot of other players involved. And then the three-point shooting might be there. We'll see. It looks better than it did last season. Um, the Ryan Langboard edition is very helpful. Justin Mullins look like looks like he's going to be that guy as a defensive um, kind of pest for for this team. And so I'm excited. Vibes are looking good hanging into the season opener. All right. So thank you, by the way, Alex Cervantes, um, Daily Northwestern. They do really great stuff. Student journalism, support student journalism, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> The Northwestern team, it's kind of a similar feeling for me as like what I said with FAU. Like last yeah. year, like they're not going to have this chance to bring back as much from a tournament team, maybe ever again, like in the next 20 years. Because last year was the second time ever that Northwestern made a tournament, and they returned a good portion of that group. The best player from that team, though, I thought was Chase Audige. Did, I think you thought as well with Chase Audi. I thought Bowie was, but like Audi's, you could definitely argue was their most important player. Okay, that's fine. Um, and the thing about that is, it's not a failure of a season if they are like an eleven seed, even though it's up. But it's a failure in the sense that they're probably not going to have the chance to take the next step as much as they do this year. But it doesn't mean that Collins can't coach or anything if they get an 11 seed or if they miss the tournament by a little bit. Kind of the same idea as with FAU, but mm -hmm. lower expectations, obviously. Yeah, I think Bowie is Bowie's going to be great. I disagree with the national consensus as to where he stands among Big Ten point guards. I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's better than Jameer Young. Or I don't either. I mean, he's – I don't know if – like, Terrence Shannon, by the way, if you're calling him a point guard, is the best point guard in the conference. Which I wouldn't, but he's better than 
but given that he's basically playing the point for them. So I, I would consider him a point guard in this sense. It doesn't really matter though. But overall Bowie's, Bowie's great. Barnheiser's great. But they don't they're not I'm not there. Their their talent's not as good as what they played to last year. Yeah, they kind of hit their hundredth percentile. So overall, like I think he was right. I watched the exhibition against McKendry. Brooks looks every bit like the breakout player that I thought he was going to be. Uh, Barry, Ty Barry's jumper actually looks a lot better, which is, is good because they need him to hit outside shots. Uh, I liked the addition of Langborg. I think Justin Mullins can be an impact defensive piece off, off the bench. Like, I think they somewhat tried to recreate Chase Hodges in the aggregate, to use the, the money ball term. I don't know if it'll work, but... It doesn't necessarily have to work fully for them to make the tournament or even like have what I would consider a good season. Like, yeah. All right. You want to get uh, San Diego State? Yeah. We don't have a video, but. I didn't realize we had one for San Diego State. San Diego State is set up to have another big season and another Final Four run isn't out of the question. Lamont Butler and Darion Trammell, the clutch and scrappy guard duo, headline the returning talent for Brian Dutcher's Aztecs. While Nathan Mensah's interior defensive presence will be a huge loss, Jaden Liddy is more than talented enough to fill in. Although a little undersized for a center, Liddy has developed a nice outside shot to attack taller defenders and has the physicality to compete inside. Lengthy forward Micah Parrish and USC transfer Reese Dixon Waters look to round out the starting lineup. Campbell transfer Jay Powell will provide more size off the bench as the expected sixth man, and sophomores Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders are also expected to have big roles off the bench, giving Parrish and Dixon Waters a rest. The biggest question mark for the Aztecs will be the guard depth behind Butler and Trammell. They'll have to heavily rely on unproven four-star freshman B.J. Davis to bring the ball up the court. Unlike last year's team, San Diego State will be much more offensive-oriented, with a very similar profile to their 30-2 COVID-year team. In a very tough Mountain West and a very difficult out-of-conference schedule that features the likes of Gonzaga and St. Mary's, the 2023-24 season has the potential to be a big year for the Aztecs. All right, thanks, Austin, for that. Um, first thing I notice is when he says outside shot for Jaden Ledeed, does he mean outside of the restricted area? <laughs> because that's about his range. Yeah. Not saying he's bad. Jaden Ledee is super physical, super strong, really good at what he does. But outside shot, I'll believe it when I see it. As a one-for-one replacement for Kashad Johnson, he's pretty good. But they also lose Mensa, and they had Ledee last year. Yeah, and Jay Powell, like, if you watch him, he is not at all similar to Nathan Mensa. I mean, I think it's more Ledee at the five, Powell at the four type thing. Mm. So I could see it. Paul like isn't Paul is is like a perimeter player on the on the offensive end. Like I mean, Kishad Johnson's going to be a perimeter guy at Arizona. Yeah, but that's more because of the, that, the that's program than that. That's that's Tommy Lloyd. But back to SDSU, like another guy that I don't feel like we talked enough about this off season. I was huge on him last offseason. Reese Dixon Waters. Like, this is a guy that was one of the top 
role players in the Pac-12 at USC. Never really felt like he lived up to his full potential there. He's only a junior. He's going to have a big year for SDSU. I would not be surprised if he's their leading scorer. Who do you think is the biggest loss for this team? Mensa. I agree. Brad, Bradley wasn't that good last year. Like he struggled. Bradley was he the heart and soul of the team. Mm-hmm. And I also think Seiko is kind of a big loss. W- working theory, Matt Bradley is at his best when like he has to be the offense. Yes, exactly. That's one million percent true. <laughs> like that's what he was at Cal. That's he, what he was his first he year. Was, at he was. He was. Remember what I said about Tennessee? How they're how they had score because you have to instead of score because you can. Yeah. Matt Bradley is the dictionary definition of score because you have to, not because you can. Like, <laughs> they brought in Tramel. I, I think he's great. But they, yeah, they they brought in Tramel, and it was like, oh, like somebody else gets to shoot the ball now. Like it's it's like he lost his confidence or something because they brought in a, a secondary scorer. Yeah, but I think Reese Dixon Waters is going to have a big year mm-hmm. for this team. I mean, he averaged 10 a game last year. He was the third leading scorer for USC. And yeah. he can score in a bunch of ways. He shot over 60% at the rim. He shot, he didn't shoot a great percentage from three, but. Oh, no, wait, no, he's not a, he's not a junior this year. He's a senior this year. Reese, um. Reese Dixon Waters is a uh, Reese Dixon Waters is a John Rothstein offseason Hall of Fa- offseason Hall of Famer. <laughs> we'll 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 go. We'll definitely give. It, we'll definitely make a John Rothstein offseason Hall of Fame. But that's going to be it for the vibe check. And you know what that means? It's time to bring. We're about to bring on one of the most talented people in the college basketball media space. He's going to, I'm going to send him the link. He's going to be here in a moment, Mm -hmm. but Nick Lawrenson does a ton of great stuff with mid major madness. He's worked with the portal report and now he is on staff at Queens university with Grant Leonard. Um, This is a guy that watches more college basketball than me. And that, that, that takes a lot for me to say that. Yeah. He'll be on in a moment. Uh, Jonathan, anything to fill in the time? I'm very interested to hear, um, like his thoughts on a lot of, a lot of the conferences that I don't traditionally watch, like yeah. a lot of these East Coast conferences that I don't really get to see. Like, I see a lot of the MVC, obviously, right? But I like I see a lot of a lot of the MAC. Um, not not your MAC, the, the MAC close to single me. A MAC. Yeah. Um, and just. Overall, I'm just excited to hear a lot of his thoughts because, like you said, he watches more college basketball than both of us. So, yeah. not, not not combined, I'd hope, but, you know. And we're still waiting for him to come on. He should be he should be here in a moment. He actually was just doing a Twitter space with a Boise State podcast. I'm definitely going to ask about that. We're going to – so what we're going to do with Nick is we're going to go over our votes – for the other top 25, which is mid-major, which is mid-major madness's top 25, okay, of non uh, of non-power six teams, we include 
um, the WCC, A10, Mountain West, not Gonzaga though. We include the American Conference as well. It's not a true mid-major top 25 because it includes the, those high mid-majors, but we love giving respect to those conferences as well. They're fun to watch for yeah. a reason there. I have a, I have a question for you because you, you just brought them up. Um, I talk with Tom Mosser pretty frequently on okay. Twitter. He's a Mountain West guy, hosts the uh, Top of the Mountain West podcast. He put out his Mountain West predictions the other day, and he had Boise State winning the league. Which Boise, yeah, we'll, we'll get into Boise State with Nick. Yeah, um, not but... not something I had seen. Like I had seen, seen New Mexico hype, and I agree with it. With it, I had not seen the Boise State stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd. I don't think I've seen a Boise State pick to win the Mountain West, but I've definitely seen Boise State hype. I mean, I have them in my top fifty, I believe. I was a little lower on them, um, and I regret it a little bit yeah i have them at 47 in my final top 100 which will come out tomorrow okay i had them at like in the low 50s i want to say that's fine like the 56, there's, nothing 56. There's, there's nothing crazy there. all right nick is here live from huntington west virginia nick lawrenson what's up Stanley? jonathan i i hope it's working because this wi-fi here in huntington ain't the best but i'm hopefully here for you can you hear me yeah, we can hear you. Your video isn't great, but we can definitely hear you. Do you want me to go on my phone? No, it, it, this is fine. It doesn't really matter. Um, your video You're live, great. aren't you? What'd you say? All right. Are we? We're live, right? Yes, we are live. Yeah. We are oh, live on. Oh, there was. We are live on Dragon's <laughs> Bubble. <laughs> it was like so awkward. I thought maybe we weren't live. Yeah, we are live. Um, so we gave you a pretty big intro because we were waiting a little bit of time. So, Nick, first off, congratulations on working with Queens on staff. You have your first game as a college basketball staffer tomorrow. Just what does that feel yes, sir. like? Yes, sir. I'm looking like forward to that side of things. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I... I've texted some media. I'm going to meet up with them before the game, shake their hands and all that. But, yeah, it's weird, you know, getting here, getting to the arena, watching shoot around, taking the bus, looking over at all the trees and watching all that. But, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it, you, it's usually just a one-day thing. You go and you go go to the game, you cover the game. But now I'm here for two days, and I, I, I got more responsibilities than just sitting there and typing on a laptop and tweeting. So it's definitely a lot different. It, it will hit more tomorrow when, you know, we got to go shoot around and and leave early and get there to the arena and I got to be all dressed up. But it's definitely a lot different. All right. So let's talk about one of the projects that we worked together on at the Mid-Major Madness is the other top 25. So let's go over what we have there we talked a little bit about both san diego state and fau earlier we each have both of those teams in the top four you have fau at two sdsu at three i have san diego state at one fau at four so we're not going to talk about those teams but the other two teams that we both have in the top four are memphis and st mary's i wanted to talk a little bit about st mary's earlier because they had an exhibition that, that i watched but nick what are your takeaways from that exhibition and overall on st mary's this year 
Yeah, I didn't watch that exhibition, but they dominated Hawaii. It was a really good team. So that's something you take away positive there. When you look at it, yeah, they were the team that played UConn closest in the NCAA tournament. UConn ended up winning the national title. UConn dominated pretty much everyone in the NCAA tournament. They played them closest. If Alex Dukas wasn't hurt, that could have been an even closer game. We could potentially – UConn could potentially have not won the national title if that happened. So he's back. You have Aiden Mahaney back. Both of them are All-American candidates. They have a nice freshman class coming in. They have more talent returning. Coach Bennett's an awesome coach. They have a great defense. They won a share of the regular season title, I believe, last year. I would not be shocked if they won it outright this year by a game or two. And, you know, it means something when you have a John Rostein or Jeff Goodman saying something. You had Jeff Goodman out there saying multiple times over the last month that he thinks they're going to be a Final Four candidate, that they're going to do that. And I don't doubt it at all. This is probably one of Coach Bennett's best teams. He's had a lot of really good teams over there in St. Mary's. They're going to test themselves in the non-conference. That's also something that's really cool. Every single one of their games are against maybe a top three team in strong mid-major leagues. They don't have a single easy game on that schedule. And they're cha- they're challenging themselves like no one else has. So I they're they're gonna set themselves up to be a wagon. I'd assume now that now I don't know if that means being Gonzaga twice in cosplay, but with that schedule they have, they're setting themselves up perfectly. They're setting themselves up perfectly. Maybe you can lose a game or two there, but you're still gonna be hopefully a top six, seven seed in the NCAA tournament competing for a WCC title. In a league that's just been ran by Gonzaga for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, St. Mary's is going to be awesome this year. You've got Mahaney, who I think is, I have him on my first team, All-America. Alex Dukas is back. Mitchell Saxon is back. That guy, you didn't you didn't mention him in the post. He can be awesome. And then Augustus Marshallonis was scoring with authority, with consistency, with efficiency driving to the basket, hitting pull-up threes, running the pick-and-roll. He was doing everything for St. Mary's in that uh, exhibition against Hawaii. And him taking that next scoring step is so big. Because, I mean, Logan Johnson's gone. And honestly, even Logan Johnson wasn't, like, the scoring-type guard. He was was a good scorer. But you don't think of him as a scorer. Marshall Otis looked like a pure scorer. And then there was Joshua Jefferson at the four who brings athleticism, offensive and defensive rebounding, length, and he can run in transition for this group, something they didn't really have a ton of last year. They still have the, they still have the limited depth that they had last year. They still have all those guys coming back. And St. Mary's looks really fun. Yeah, I'll throw in my two cents here. I think – St. Mary's is they're going to be most, most definitely a content contender for the Final Four, as are a lot of teams at this st- stage. Um, considering we haven't even started the se- season, I think Jordan Ross is a guy we didn't mention. I think he's going to play a really big role on this team. I like him. Uh, I like his upside uh, as he gets older playing at St. Mary's. And then, yeah, you guys hit it on the head. Mahaney's an All American for me. Saxon's unbelievable. This is, in my opinion, the best roster that Randy Bennett has had. Yeah, and he's had multiple NBA guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is he, he's had some great rosters. Moving on, I don't really want to do too much on Memphis because we've mm-hmm. kind of talked a lot about Memphis overall in general. Um, so let's skip over them. The next two teams we talked a little bit earlier about San Diego State. 
Now let's talk about the second two teams in the Mountain West. We both believe New Mexico and Boise State will be two and three, but we have different orders. Why do you have Boise State at number two? I think they just have the depth and they have the pieces returned. Leon Rice has had him competing for conference titles every single year. Andrew Meadows is going to be one of the top freshmen in the country. He comes in. I'm going to call him Freebird this year. He has this long hair, blonde hair, white dude, just luscious looking dude. No, um, but it, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I, I like New Mexico. I think New Mexico has the potential to be maybe the team that can shock some people during the NCAA tournament because they have two players every night that can go maybe score 30, 35 points. But I really like this Nevada team, too, because they return their two backcourt pieces that were so crucial to them last year. And then they bring in Hunter McIntosh from Elon. The question all year last year was, when's he going to come back? He's really going to help solidify this backcourt. They made the NCAA tournament last year. It wasn't that large. So I think they take a step up this year. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if it's – I mean, I have San Diego State so high right now because they made the NCAA, they made the NCAA National Championship last year. But I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe they finish third, and you have Boise State, Nevada, then San Diego State. I I, I still believe the San Diego, San Diego State team could be top seven, eight seed in the NCAA tournament, but I don't think they're as strong as they were last year. Okay, I see that. And I'm going to make my pitch for New Mexico as the number two team in the conference. Obviously, you have those two guards, uh, Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn. It's the best backcourt in the conference. It's one of the best backcourts in the country. And the difference between this year's team and last year's team is last year's team didn't have counters. They didn't have another way to play when the guards were kind of being shut down. This year, you have Mustafa Amsil, an out, an inside-out guy that can score efficiently on the inside. He can hit his threes. He's strong. He can do pretty much everything you need as a secondary option offensively. He was one of the only guys at Dayton last year that didn't really disappoint i i don't want to i don't want to be like overly Get critical of guys like kamara and holmes but like amzil was one of the guys was one of the only guys there i would say actually exceeded expectations um and he comes to new mexico as a perfect fit for this group nelly jr mm-hmm. joseph comes in he'll replace what udeze brought to the table and they have depth in that backcourt as well guys like donovan dent can can really play and I would not be surprised if Boise State came out and finished above them because they're they're pretty good too. Nevada's also great. UNLV has a bunch of talented guys. Utah State has some talented guys. Colorado State has the preseason player of the year in the conference and Isaiah Stevens. Um, it's going to be another fun year in the Mountain West. Yeah, this is a really good league. And I am with Sam here. I have New Mexico finishing second, San Diego State first. I, I just... He, he said the thing about Amzil, which I like a lot. And then, like, the other thing you mentioned, which I was going to touch on, is their guard depth now. Like, it's not just House and Mashburn in that backcourt. Donovan Zend, I think, was is going to have a really good year. He was on my top 50 breakout players from my top 100 list. Uh, True Washington's a guy I think can make an impact as a freshman. I just – I like Boise State. I think Nevada can make noise. I think a lot of teams in this league can make noise. But I think – with the way New Mexico attacked this offseason and with the development they're going to have on the roster, I think 
they could potentially win the conference. I, I think I bet them the other day at like plus 540 to win the conference or something like that. All right, Nick, one team that you have a good deal higher than me in the top 25 is Tulane. You have them at number eight. I have them at number 20. There's there's a lot of talent there, but sell me on why I should be even higher on them. Yeah, I mean, Ron Hunter is just a great coach. I, I think it's more you know, level competition or whatever. They have a pretty easy non-conference. So I feel like maybe they could be like a Fordham last year. I know they played Fordham in that non-conference. But I think they can do it. You know, Jalen Forbes is there. Um, they got Colby King back, Greg Glenn from Michigan, Kevin Cross. I'm a big Jordan Wood guy. I think that he keeps getting better and better coming over from Howard. I really like him. So, I, you know, American, the American's going to get their respect because they're new to mid-majors. I think maybe I was a little bit too high, but I think they're going to be the third best team in that league. I'm not really high. I mean, I don't know what to expect out of North Texas. I don't know what to expect out of UAB because, I mean, North Texas lost McCaslin and Tyler Perry, and then have UAB who lost Jelly Walker. Andy Kennedy's a great coach. So it, I, I think that the third spot in the Americans up for Tulane, but I'm I'm not like – I have them so high because they're in the American, and the American's a good league. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I you don't have North Texas or UAB in your top 25. I have both North Texas and UAB above Tulane. Again, I could see either of them finishing below Tulane, maybe both of them finishing below Tulane. I have UAB at 15, North Texas at 18, um, Tulane at 20. And, I mean, North Texas, I think Ross Hodge is a, was a great choice to replace Grant McCasland. I think he can be an excellent piece. And I think he can bring in some more Juco pieces the same way McCasland did. They did it with um, Jason Edwards, who's going to be really good there brought in John Bucks. They brought in CJ Nolan. They brought in Robert Allen. There's plenty of talent on this North Texas roster to surround Ruben Jones, who's still there. Um, and then UAB. I mean, Eric Gaines is still there, and there's an argument he's the best player in the whole conference. And Andy Kennedy, we know how well he can coach, and they brought in a great Juco class as well. Yeah, I- I'm not going to lie here. Since we're on the American discussion, a team I regret not putting in my top 100 is, is SMU. I, I like was looking at their roster the other day, and I think they have way more talent than I originally maybe gave them credit for. Like I think Zurich Phillips could maybe win conference or Zurich Phelps, excuse me, could maybe win conference Player of the Year in the American. I like wouldn't be shocked by that. They have Samuel Williamson still, Chuck Harris, and then they bring in BJ Edwards from Tennessee. This is a team I think could really surprise some people and maybe even be up there with the top two in this league. Yeah, and I was looking at USF's roster today because, I mean, someone asked me about them, and they're better than I better than I thought they were. I mean, yeah. we we both like Jaden Reed a lot. I like Kobe Knox, and those are guys are going to be role players for them. Chris Youngblood is there. Selton Miguel is back. Um, Jose Placer is in uh, – that's that's a good group at USF as well with Amir Abdur Rahim. Max Fielder's awesome at Rice. Um and Charlotte's a fun group, usually. Um that's your city rival, Nick. <laughs> um so yeah, the, the American's gonna be really fun. And I think this year, more so than the past, yeah. you can usually, usually we'll see. 
I think this year, more so than the past, you can claim it as a true mid-major because you don't have Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF who are who are kind of bigger money programs in that league. I mean, you still have Memphis there, which is a big money program, but regardless. Um, the, the A-10, we talked a little bit about Dayton earlier, and we talked about um, Duran Holmes expanding his game. We talked about Enoch Cheeks becoming coming in and being a knockdown shooter for them. What do you need to see from Dayton? You have them, and we both have them in the same spot at number nine, but you've expressed a little bit of doubt to me about Dayton. Yeah, they just need to be consistent. Anthony Grant, I think he's a great coach. Dayton fans, they want him gone. They want him gone. They haven't been consistent. Um, they should have been a one seed when COVID happened, so they have that, but they just want to push that aside. That you know, was, I don't know what they they want to just completely forget that year. But they need to be consistent. Last year, they didn't have that consistency. They didn't really show up until March. Um, I just think they need to be consistent. I think Deron Holmes could be a first-round NBA draft pick if everything goes correct for him. They return a whole bunch of those pieces from last year. Just everyone wasn't healthy at the same time. And when they were all healthy at the same time, they really didn't mesh together. So it's all about getting that group to really mesh together. I think they're the clear favorite in the league. I would love Duquesne to be the favorite because that's, I grew up a Duquesne fan. I don't want to be overly optimistic. This is the second time I've said this in the last hour. But Duquesne is so much – depth in that front court now, experience depth in that front court, and they have the backcourt pieces that were successful last year, including Day-Day Grant, who's back. Keep an eye out for the Dukes, but I think Dayton should be the favorite in this league because they have that talent. that They have a piece that could be an NBA draft pick, and these guys have played together, and they've shown that they can be successful when they're all 100%, so it's really down to if, they're, if they can be 100%, and if Anthony Grant can coach like he did when he was a national coach of the year a couple of years ago. Yeah, and Dayton is now my favorite in the league with the injury over at VCU. Um, I still think VCU is going to be pretty good, though, but they their depth could be an issue with Bama Sill um, and the injury situation going on over there. But um, I like St. Bonaventure a lot. They bring back a large portion of last year's team. Mm-hmm. Banks com- Banks comes back. Flowers, Cairo, Luke, um, Barry Evans, and now he goes. Jan Farrell now goes by Asa Isamvu or something. I saw that the other day. And obviously Chad Venning in the post. And Charles Pride comes in. Micah Adams Woods comes in. I have no clue. Comes in. This is going to be a St. Bonaventure team that bounces back heavily because I mean we know how how good of a coach Schmidt is. Um you mentioned Duquesne. They're deep. They're talented. Dambrot, when he has the talent, is a is a very is a very good coach. And then we mentioned Loyola earlier on the show when we were talking about FAU because they played this week. That's another really fun team. St. Joe's is very talented. Fordham is I mean they lose uh, Moore and Quisenberry and Nowitzki, but Med- uh, Jaffet Medora comes in and Simbila is back. You're going to see Will Richardson develop. Josh Rivera comes in. Elijah Gray, Montas, and Dean. That was a freshman class that didn't really get to see as much of the floor last year, but people love what that group can bring. Um, Charlton Rose are back. And Fordham is another super fun team. Really great culture being built there. 
I don't. I, I always want to stop myself from being too high on the A10 because it's the A10. It's at the end of the day, it's hashtag zero bid league. <laughs> There's some teams here that could make some noise. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick before you move on, you talk, You guys touched on everything. I yeah. Do. Uh, Bonaventure is my pick to win the league. I think they're deep. I think they're a lot more talented than maybe people realize. I, that, them and Dayton are one, two for me. All right. And then we'll move on and we'll talk a little bit about the one of the darlings of my of the offseason for me in Grand Canyon. Um, I have Grand Canyon at seven in my the in my other top twenty five votes. You have them at thirteen. Uh, they bring in Sidney Curry, who's my pick for who's now my pick for whack player of the year. I was very high on him last year at Louisville and it didn't really work out well. Nothing really worked out well at Louisville last year. We we were into that earlier. Uh, right, Harrison is back and this is gonna be a super, super fun GCU team. Oh yeah, totally. I I I tweeted out earlier this week that they could be a top twenty five team this year. I got some pushback from it from whack people. They think their non conference schedule is too easy. But I think that they can't I mean if I I heard Ray Ray Harris and Nuna Blackshear, they're both fine, they're healthy. That's one of the best backcourts in major basketball. And you have all these front court pieces, transfer pieces coming in. It, everything's going to mold along. And I mean, Bryce Drew's already done an amazing job over there. They're, they've been the class of the WAC. Well, they finished fourth last year, but they made the NCAA tournament. They challenged in the NCAA tournament the year before they challenged. It's a really, really good program. This is the best roster that program has ever had. You have that atmosphere behind you that's going to push you up a level. It this Everything's molding perfectly for this Grand Canyon team to maybe be like an FAU or a or a San Diego State from last year, but more like an FAU, just people are going to say it came out of nowhere. But every year they're at the top of their league and they're doing an amazing job, and I really like this Grand Canyon team this year. I think they're going to be the darling of West Coast basketball. Absolutely agree, and you you covered that all there. Jonathan, anything to add? Uh, no, not really. You guys touched on it. I, I like this Grand Canyon team a lot. I think they'll win, they'll win the whack. I think they really could be the kind of darling mid-major team that nobody sees sees coming. Yeah, um, and then I, I want to talk a little bit about Charleston. This is last year's big darling. Everyone was everyone loved them. We both have them at 10 in our other top 25. They return Burnham and Rainsmith and Nante Brozovic and a bunch of talent there. And they bring in Frankie Policelli and Bryce Butler and CJ Fulton and Pat Kelsey's back. And the environment's going to be crazy. They play Iona tomorrow night. Nick, what do you think of Charleston? Yeah, we actually scrimmaged them. They're, they're good. Um, I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. They're still going to be up there at the top of the CA. I'm a big UNCW guy. Because they have a whole bunch of nice pieces coming in. They have pieces returning. That defense suffocates you. But their non-conference schedule is super easy, so it's not going like, to push them over the level of being that large bit. But this Charleston team, I don't think they're as good as last year. They lose Psycho D. Dalton Bull. They lose Ryan Larson. Those are two huge pieces. 
Uh, they Psycho D was replaced by, or I don't know if you say replaced, but Bryce Butler took him, and another West Liberty guy. He's a little bit of a bruiser, but I don't think he's as strong of a player as he is. C.J. Fulton is supposed to be that point guard for them. Uh, he came off the bench. He should probably be starting for them tomorrow, but he's he's a great passer. He played uh, for the Irish national team, came over from Lafayette. Uh, I think he'll be good, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. They're going to run their fast style. They're going to be really good. Obviously, it's hard to be as good as you were last year. You won 31 games, and you were up towards the top of the country. But And also, Ante Berzovic, his, his, his status is – in question for tomorrow. So I don't know. I don't know if he plays this week. So that would be interesting, but I I think they're good. I think they'll still win 20 plus games, but I don't know if they're as strong as they were last year. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I don't think the goal, or I don't, I don't think the expectation should be win 31 games at Charleston this year. That's unrealistic. I mean, is that it's unrealistic with FAU to just, Say you're just going to step up and exceed last year. It's the same with Charleston. They lost like four games off last year. It's really tough to do that again. But they are the favorites in the CAA. I, I have them ahead of Ooh. Wilmington and Hofstra and Drexel and Towson and those teams there. And CAA, the CAA, once again, very top heavy. The bottom is kind of bad again. But Charleston, they're well coached. They play fast. They are exciting. Yeah, totally. They define. They, they they are what people love about mid major basketball. Yeah, I've got really nothing much to add. They were a, a college basketball favorite last year, um, for many. Not for you. Not not for me. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun system. I think Kelsey's a great coach that is going to be a great high major coach when eventually he takes that step up. They're going to be a fun, te- fun team again. I think they should be absolutely be the favorites in the CAA. Um, you, Nick, you love UNC Wilmington. Give your elevator pitch to the people for the Seahawks. Great defense, great transfer class. They return a lot of their guards. They're experienced. They've been very close many times under Takeo Siddle. They were minutes away from beating Charleston last year. They won the CBI, I believe, two or three years ago. This is their year to get over the hump. I don't know if they're going to be a top 25 team because I know our conference schedule is so difficult, but that defense just suffocates you. That defense suffocates you, and Trask is a hard place to play. Watch out for the Seahawks this year. Yeah, I, Wilmington's going to be really fun. They are, they're electric. Um, another league that I want to get into. We talked about St. Mary's, but there's a couple other really fun teams in the WCC: Santa Clara and San Francisco. You like San Francisco more. I like Santa Clara more. Talk about the Dons, Nick. Yeah, they, their big addition this year is Mike Schraub jumps. He was at Dayton. We're talking about Dayton earlier. Mongolian Mike. He's an awesome addition. I think Chris Gerlson has a couple pieces coming in. 
Um, I can't remember. I, I think Juice Hill's one of them. Is Juice Hill one of them? But I, I, I also really love this Santa Clara uh, transfer portal class too. They have, uh, they have that Mount St. Mary's kid coming in. Jaylen they have Tyree Bryan coming in from Charleston. Every year, Herb Sendix, yeah, Jalen Benjamin. Every year, Herb Sendix able to bring these kids in from other schools and just absolutely make them studs. So, I mean, I think both of them will be really good this year. I think both of them have the ability to be, you know, for a long time, it was Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU up there at the top. BYU's gone. One of these two schools has the capability to be that third school every single year. They maybe flirt with an at-large bid. San Francisco got an at-large bid two years ago. Santa Clara's been up there towards the top the last couple of years. What is it, two years in a row now they have lottery picks? So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one finishes above the other. But San Francisco quietly, I believe it was 18-19-21 season last year. Chris Gerlison, good first year over there. Keep an eye out. Yeah, I thought Gerlison definitely had a solid first season there. But Santa Clara, you, you mentioned it. They have one of the best coaching staffs, not just in mid-major basketball, but in the country. You get Herb Sendek at the helm with Jason Ludwig and Scott Garson and Ryan Madry and Will Burkett. And that's that's such a great staff mm-hmm. at this level because um, they develop talent. They have experience. They can they coach offense. They coach defense. They recruit. They do everything. They've guys have run programs. Guys have run for have been under excellent head coaches. And having the luxury of that level coaching staff in the WCC, it's really impressive. And they bring in Adama Ball. They bring in Johnny O'Neill. They bring in Jalen Benjamin, Tyree Bryan. And that's all around Christoph Tilly. And they also have Francisco Caffaro in there. I think Santa Clara is going to be really good. And I like San Francisco, too. Um, Jonathan Magbo is a really awesome defensive big. Um, people like Loyola. Um, they did get uh, Justice Hill over at Loyola. Um but they without Cam Shelton and it's it's I'm a little lower on Loyola than a lot of people, but I could I see the idea. Now moving forward to another conference, the Missouri Valley. This is where Jonathan really shines. So I'm gonna go to him first. Yeah. So one of the things I've been preaching the last couple of weeks is that like this league is not Drake and then the rest. Like, don't get me wrong, Drake's the favorite. They return Tucker DeVry, who's the best player in the league, probably. And NBA-wise, it's not even close. <laughs> like, he's the best NBA prospect in the I league think, by far. I think Valvi Leons could be an NBA prospect. Yeah, I, I could see it if he develops a little bit more of an offensive game. But, like, I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. Malavi Leons. Bradley's good. Bradley should be good again. Indiana State, I'm really high on. I think their transfer class is excellent. Uh, I really like uh, I really like Belmont. I really like Northern Iowa. I mentioned Missouri State. I think they're going to really hang with West Virginia tomorrow night. Northern Iowa's got my pick for player of the year in the league in Bowen Bourne. Uh, Missouri State's just always really solid under Dana, Dana Ford. They bring back a ton, including a lot of guards. Um, then I mentioned Belmont, who I know they lost Ben Shepard, but they bring back the freshman of the year in Cade Tyson. Uh, they bring back – Two guards in Jacoby Gillespie and Keyshawn Davidson, who I like. Malik Dia, I think, could be a real difference maker. He came in from Vanderbilt. 
the league at the top is going to be really, really good again. It's it's a very fun league. Outside of Evansville and Valpo at the bottom, which Evansville is still a major rebuilding job with David Ragland there, and then Valpo, new coach with Roger Powell coming in from Gonzaga. Outside of those two, I think all other teams in the conference will be competitive and I wouldn't go out on a limb and say they can all beat each other because, you know, Drake is still Drake, Drake is still Drake, but every team I think is going to be really competitive and fun to watch. All right, Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I think the top of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a little bit delayed here. I, I figured it out. I think the top of this league is really good. I think Northern Iowa is really good. They bring back Bowen Bourne. He's one of the better guards in the country. I really like this Mo State team. I think that they could win tomorrow at WVU because who knows about WVU heading into tomorrow, to be completely honest. But I really like this Mo State team. Uh, they're really good on defense. They bring back a lot. Um, Southern Illinois is always up there. I don't know if they're going to be as strong, but they're always up there. You have Belmont. Belmont has – a great couple players, and Casey Alexander consistently has them competing for a title. Bradley brings back and Levy Leon. They should be up there. I still think Drake, like Jonathan mentioned, far in away the best team in this league. Not far and away, but far and away the favorite in this league. There's no other question that they should be the favorite because they bring back Tucker DeVries, who's a potential NBA talent in player of the year last year in the league preseason player of the year this year. But I wouldn't be shocked if a Northern Iowa or Missouri State sneaks in there and maybe knocks them off and wins a share of the conference title. But I'm not as high on Bradley. I still think Bradley's going to be good, but I'm not as high as some people are where they think they're second in the league. I think maybe they're four or five range. Yeah, right. Sam, real, real quick, I really I mentioned Indiana State very briefly that I like their transfer class. Like, Robbie Avila, outside of – Cade Tyson, probably the biggest freshman to sophomore jump in the league, I think. Uh, I really like the addition of Isaiah Swope from Southern Indiana. He I know came you're doing last that. year and just <laughs> absolutely destroyed us. And then you know, you know how much I like Josh Hurts. Like, I know what you're teeing me up for here, though. <laughs> what am I teeing you up for? You're teeing me up to talk about Aaron Gray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aaron Gray was a guy that I got – I loved coming into Niagara last year from Southern New Hampshire, and I loved going out of Niagara. I remember saying um, right before he left, because we didn't think he was going to leave, and then he did, and I said, this is going to be not just an all-Mac guy, but one of the best players in the conference. He can shoot really well. He's got length, athleticism. He can score inside and out. He can defend. Um, he's He plays pretty hard, and he's going to be a really good player for Josh Schertz at Indiana State, Aaron Gray. I remember that name. Isaiah Swope, another remember that name for Indiana State. Um, let's move forward. I don't I don't really want to get into the A Sun with you um, because I'm not sure if I'm not sure if we can. <laughs> but but I do want to get into I do want to get into the Horizon League because this is a league that Nick, you kind of turned me on to it later in this, like in the middle of the summer, and I looked at the rosters and damn, the Horizon League's good. Yeah, it's really good. The top of the leagues I've ever been in. There's really, really good coaches. So you have NKU, 
They're the preseason favorites, and they have a whole bunch of guards that are just absolutely studs on the Sun K team. Then you have Milwaukee. B.J. Freeman's coming back. He's going to be a potential player of the year in the league. About, I wouldn't be shocked if he averaged 20 points per game. I saw him score 40 points in the CBI, about 23 throws. Um, Youngstown State. Youngstown State last year was able to have all these transfer pieces coming in. They did it again this year. They had they returned some of those pieces, but they have a whole bunch of transfer pieces that are high-level players coming in. That's really nice. Who am I forgetting? Uh, you got Oakland. Oakland should be good. Uh, who else is up there at the top? I, I just talked about this league earlier this week. I don't know why it's not popping in my head. But there's a whole bunch of really, really good teams at the top of the league. I'm going to be you figure out who I'm talking about. You but, mentioned Wright State. Yeah, I mean, keep an eye out. Keep. I think IUPUI is going to be impressive here. Yeah, Wright State. Wright State. You got Tanner Holden and uh, and Trey Calvin. Tanner Holden's back. He Marford. Uh, both of them averaged twenty points per game at Wright State before. Both of them averaged twenty points per game. They have two really good front court pieces, which I didn't really notice until this week. And Scott Nagy just churns out these big men pieces, and they're consistently great. And now he has two of them that could really take up that next step. The Cleveland State's a great defensive team. Uh, I think this is going to be the best year of the Rising League since maybe when Butler isn't there. So keep an eye out. It's going to be fun. You know, Friday nights they have the games that, that Mac and Osim don't want to talk about the Mac, the Mac Horizon League uh, trying to take the TV spots, but it, it, it's going to be fun at the top. It's going to be every single night. There's going to be, every single night in the Horizon League. There's going to be the basketball. All right, so Nick, before we move forward, I want to ask you about. I want to ask you an open-ended question. Give me three or four players that not even like some of the biggest sickos like me know about that we'll be talking about all year long in mid-major basketball. Man, that's, yeah, that is a tough question. If I want to, you know, be a little homer here, I put either A.J. McKee or Chris Ashby up there from Queens. You know, A.J.'s going to be player of the year candidate all year and they son he looked great in the first year scrimmages obviously a great year last year chris ashby if he's able to put up three numbers like he did this preseason that could be something special he was able to do it towards the end of last year he had a great conference play where he did that let me run let me do a little uh brain thing here i know jonathan mentioned robbie avila I know that's not really a dark horse, but I think Ravi Avila could be one of the best big men in all mid-major basketball. Um, there's a point guard at Texas Southern. I can't think of his name, but he's really good. He's probably the player of the year in the, in the SWAC. They got a really good point guard at Texas Southern. Um, yeah, P.J. Henry. P.J. Henry. He's going to be really good. I know that I don't know if that's really that much of a dark horse. Um, He's my preseason player of the year in that conference. Jason Spurgeon makes sense. Jason Spurgeon at Bowling Green, I think he could be a first Mac guy. He was really good he, at Southern Utah, really explosive player. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. 
Um, well, I got to go through the map here. What? Who's the guard up at Maine? Really good defender. I think that he Maine Valentine. Oh, oh, and Mafaretto. I think Mafaretto could also win Player of the Year in the Americas. But they got that guard up in Maine. Calentines, Calentines, great defender. I think that he could get himself on some uh, some G League radars. I think he's good. Matt Ferretto, I think, could win America's Player of the Year when all of a sudden done. He wasn't even on an All America East team. Um, Charles Thompson, I think, could play himself into maybe a G League spot this year as well. He stretched his game out a little bit. He can shoot the three ball over at Towson. Um, Man, that's all I got for now. That's all, all right. That, that was great. That was, that was a tough one. That was a tough that, one. That I, had to, I had to, I'm like going through the country with my head. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give some names now that that I really like. I know. I think Nick knows where I'm going with this. I'm going to the capital region of the state of New York. I'm, I'm talking about Amari Marshall at U Albany. This is a guy that was a stud at Hofstra, but didn't really get on the court much because they had so much depth in that space and amari marshall is a player of the year candidate in the america east right now um and some people think that i'm jumping the gun there but i'm high on albany i'm high on amari marshall um that's one of the main names uh, jason edwards at north texas came in from juco that's um a big a big one there that i think people need to be a little bit more uh, pe- people need to talk a little bit more about um, who who else do I really like? Oh, Alex Sobel, um, Division Three National Player of the Year, um, and he's at Sacred Heart now with that team with Nico Gallette and with Solomon McGuire and Joey Riley and all the talent that they have um, in Fairfield with Anthony Latina. They're going to be a really good NEC team this year. Um, that's that's definitely a group to keep an eye on. Um, who, who else do I really like in mid-major basketball this year? Um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm, this isn't really like an underrated guy because people know about him in the mid-major circles, but Braden Smith at Colgate is one of the better guards in college basketball. He was just a freshman last mm-hmm. year. He's really, really good. Um, who, who else? Who else are you like? This is it's tough because, like, so many of the guys, like, <laughs> I mean, there's so many guys, but it, it's still tough to think about who's the deepest of the deep sleepers. And I think I'm satisfied with my list there. I mean, JP Begeese isn't really a sleeper. People, people know about him because he hit the game-winning shot, but he, he's going to take a big step forward there, I would say. Uh, Jonathan, do you have any names? So my names aren't going to be nearly as unknown as the ones that you guys put out. Um, but Zeke Mayo at South Dakota State, uh, I like a lot. I thought he was should have transferred to a high high major if he if he could have like not that he should have but he's that caliber of a player um dem- um shoot the kid at austin p uh demarcus sharp uh mizzou was interested in him very good guard was at northwestern state last year and then terrell burden at Kennesaw state yep that that's a it's a really solid list of guys 
Nick, we're going to play a little game here. That's probably not going to work very well with the delay, but we're going to play rapid fire conference champions for some of these <laughs> mid major leagues. So if I can open up my document where I keep this, um, let's go to the document. What we're going to start with, we're going to start with, Big Sky. Um, damn it. <laughs> I want to I want to say Weber State. Weber State. I don't know why it took so long. I was going to say Montana, but Weber State. Because they yeah. have the they have the player of the year in the preseason player of the year in the league, that big man they have. Dylan Jones, but yeah. I don't think that, I'm not going to be too intrigued with the big sky this year, to be completely honest. I think it's a really down year in that league. Yeah, down year in that league, I would say. Um, big South, what do you got there? Are they. I, I think Asheville's a great team, but I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Radford and Asheville tied the regular season title because Radford – has they had a couple pieces transfer in last year and they're back and they were really good last year until all that stuff happened at the end of the season. I think Radford, UNC Asheville, they're gonna be going neck and neck all year. Ohio Valley. Ohio Valley, is that what you said? Ohio Valley, yeah. Give me UT Martin. I that's a that's a league that's just when it all said and done it's a complete crapshoot. Maybe Simo, uh, or no, not Simo. SIUE SIUE has a couple guards that come back that are gonna be really good. So maybe SIUE gets it this year. But like that league's Morehead State's always a safe bet to win the regular season title. But when it's conference tournament time, anything can go. Yeah, I like SIUE in the Ohio Valley. So. Honestly, this will probably be easier for you if you just run through the leagues and say who you have winning them because we don't have to deal with the delay. Let's look. Let's look at the list of the leagues. America East, obviously Vermont, A-10. I hope it's Duquesne. I'm not going to mention the A-Sun because that's just going to be a homer pick. Big South, we already mentioned. Big West, UCSB is going to be up there. Conference USA, I think that maybe Middle Tennessee. This might be Middle Tennessee's year. I uh, wouldn't be shocked if Western Kentucky gets up there. CAA, UNCW, Horizon League, Milwaukee, Ivy League, Yale, MAC with two A's, Ryder, MAC with one A, Akron, uh, MEAC, Howard, MVC, Drake, Mountain West, Boise State, NEC, Sacred Heart, Mentioned that we see Patriot League, Colgate, obviously, SWAC, Grambling, SoCon, Furman, Southland. Now I got to think about the Southland here. Let me look at the look at the teams real quick. A lot of people like Sela. Um, I think, yeah, I guess give me Southeast Louisiana. I don't know. That's another maybe McNeese if if everything goes right for Will Wade. He's a really good team over there. So. Everything goes right. McNeese, Summit League, South Dakota State, Sunbelt. Um, 
a lot of people really high on App State and JMU. I, uh, maybe JMU, I, I kind of like Southern Miss to make it to the NCAA tournament over the hump this year. Fondrick Rebella is able to play. They got a really, really nice backcourt. WAP, Grand Canyon, and WCC St. Mary's. Yep. All right. So, John, Nick, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we let you go? I think we pretty much touched on it all 15 minutes of mid-major basketball, and I just ran through every league. I always love talking to major hoops, though, Sam. I appreciate you and Jonathan having me on. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. That was really fun. So I don't think we're going to be able to get PDT on. I will send him the link just in case Okay. Um, he can come. But I also don't want to start the betting segment until we're 100% sure that he can't come. Well, we still have hot takes to the hot yes, takes. That, so that, that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, let's do this. Let's let's talk hot takes. Right, let me man. pull them up. Grambling. Grambling. <laughs> so, um, uh, what's going on here? My screen is screwing up. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Oh, no. I think my screen just froze. Do you want me to pull it up? No, this is this is my problem. Um, you can pull it up, but, like, I wouldn't be able to – hold on one sec. I would I, – I mean, I would be able to read them. No, but, like – oh, no. Oh. All right. I got it. Beautiful. I got it. I got it. That's on. All right. We're back. All right, so what is your hottest college basketball take of the season? Let's let's start Fairfield Frank. Um, let, let's zoom let's zoom in a little bit. High majors, Providence will finish top four in the Big East and make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Full disclosure, by the way, I dislike every take that involves saying a team will make it this far in the NCAA tournament. Nobody knows what the bracket's going to look. Let's just say how what is Providence's ceiling? Okay, I'm I, I'm okay with it. If you're like I'm okay with it if you're picking a national champion or a prediction like this. Because like 16 teams make the sweet 16. Like you could say you can have a hot take that like, oh, like this one team that like nobody m- might expect to make the sweet 16 is going to make the sweet 16. That's fine. But where I have the problem is like you picking a final four because like there's a chance that like all four of those teams end up playing in the same bracket. All right. Let's let's, let's yeah. get um, Providence is ceiling. I'd say probably sweet 16. I, okay. I think coaching holds them back a little bit and that's nothing against Kim. It's she's just in a really, he's in, he's in the league with really hard coaching. Yeah. Um, UNM is FAU 2.0. I think we talked about UNM a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think there's such thing as FAU 2.0. And their coaching's not good enough to be that good. UConn like, is like in part, the- part of the reason FAU was so good is because, like, 
in when they did have their close games, they had the better coach like pretty much every single time. I mean, Tang was great. Barnes is great. I mean, those were tough dudes to beat in close games. Anyway, UConn is in the first four. I'm not so sure about that one. I I can't see that. Like the floor for this team is like an eight seed. Yeah, I agree. Then that's like if two if like two key players go down. Yeah. I would be surprised if UConn is worse the than bottom falls team. off. Um Iona doesn't win the Mac. Uh wouldn't be surprised. Like I don't think that's that hot. Like Ryder's really good. Yeah, I, I don't really think that that's a very hot take there. People think a lot of people think Ryder's going to win the league in general. All right, this is an interesting one. Colin, Ryder, was, Ryder was picked to win the league, weren't they? Yeah, Colin Smith on an All SEC team. That's an interesting one. I don't think he'll have quite the usage for it, but I think Colin Smith's going to have a really good year. I think I don't quite think Vanderbilt's making the tournament, but like, it's if a they good do, team. it's a good team. Like. Colin Smith's a good player. I think he he could absolutely break out. I mean, if they do make the tournament, he's probably a big reason why. Yeah. Grand Canyon makes an elite eight appearance if they're healthy. I I mean, we talked about Grand Canyon. We I think don't think that like, pinches on. Yeah. Um, West Virginia has a winning record at the end of the season. I think I'd be pretty surprised at the at this point. Like that's very hot. Three weeks ago. Wouldn't have said so. I think I would be very surprised at this point. Um, Syracuse finishes top four in the ACC. I think that's. I think that's a very reasonable hot take. Yeah, if Starling and Mince both shoot well, um, if they're healthy with and and Benny Williams or Chris Bell takes a step and they figure out, like a lot of things need to go right, but it's reasonable. Like I have them sixth. So, yeah, again, a, a lot of things need to go right, but it's pretty reasonable. Michigan surprises people and actually has a pretty successful season. Sweet 16? I have a little trouble seeing that. Like, I, I, this, like I said it a couple weeks ago, this roster on paper looks like it was built to surround Caleb Love, and they don't have Caleb Love. So... Yeah, it's Kamwa is good. Doug McDaniel's good. Um, like the roster's fine. It just doesn't really have that next punch. It doesn't have the star that's gonna take them to that next level. Um, Oklahoma State has an average season as far as conference play, and they even get knocked out early in the conference tournament. But they managed to squeak into this. What are we doing? <laughs> what kind of take? Like, <laughs> to, to be fair, the first like two sentences of that sounds like an Oklahoma State season. Like, yeah, but like, how are we getting Oklahoma State is twenty twenty two Michigan in the preseason year? <laughs> like, what are we doing? 2022 Michigan was my national champion in the preseason. (laughs) All right. Big 10 actually does well in March. I could see it. Like, define well. It's a good question. I think, I think 
Purdue, Michigan State, and Illinois could all get to a Final Four. I think Wisconsin could get close. Um, I think Ohio State could could go deep. Like, yeah, I I, I could absolutely see it. All right. Um, Loyola Chicago wins the A10. Disagree, but I like it. Yeah, we talked about them a little bit. Creighton will win the Natty. I don't think that's too hot, but like, uh, it's acceptable. Like, Creighton absolutely could. We have at least one team make the tournament for the first time. Uh, We'll get into that in a moment. Texas A&M wins it all. I would be pretty surprised. I'm lower on Texas A&M than most people. I I like them a lot. I don't think they can make enough shots to win the NCAA tournament. D- David and I were talking about this earlier. Um, they shoot threes pretty well. Um, they just they relied really heavily on free throws last year, and I'm not quite sure that getting to the line is replicable, or at least at that level. This is the year St. Mary's is the definitive best team in the WCC from pole to pole and gets to a Final Four. No, but I like the idea. St. Mary's is getting a little bit too... Okay. You were on this last week, so... I I have a question for you. When's the last time St. Mary's got to a second weekend? Um, Let's see. Two thousand ten. Where where is this coming from? Like, I think St. Mary's is a good basketball team. I think they'll be in the NCAA tournament pretty definitively. But at the same time, like, where is this coming from? They were the most underrated team in basketball like the last two years, and now all of a sudden, everyone just assumes they're going to be like this. And now everyone thinks that since they were underrated in the past, they're just Final Four sleeper. Like. I could see them making the final four, but like the last, like they were definitively better last year than they were in 2022. Although they did have a good team in 2022, but like it's pretty clear. Like they, they went into that game against UCLA and I thought that was a bad matchup for them from the get go, but like UCLA was definitively the better team in that game. And then, like, you can say what you want about, like, they played UConn closer than anybody else, but, like... They didn't play him close. <laughs> I didn't really have a doubt in my mind that UConn was winning while I was watching that game. All right. Nebraska makes the tournament. Okay, I like this one. Yep, me too. We're, we both like Nebraska. I don't necessarily agree, but I like it. The Drake Bulldogs make the Sweet 16. Love it, but probably like, like probably not. <laughs> depends on who they play against. Nebraska makes the tournament. FAU doesn't make the tournament. It's a hot take, but it I get the idea. They have a really, really tough schedule. If they slip up early, there's a chance they don't get in. Mm-hmm. That game on what that game on Wednesday could end up being way more important than people realize. Manhattan sweeps Siena for the second year for the third year in a row. Maybe. You, you, you could t- touch that one. I, I don't think they will, but maybe. TCU wins the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> what are we doing? The, the Big 12 tournament is in March. 
It's it's four days in March. Like, what are we doing here? Can we get some like MTE predictions or something like that? No, th- those I we'll, we'll do that the day before. Okay, thank you there. Thank you there. Okay, okay, Tony. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me read Matt's. Texas Tech finishes top four in the Big Twelve. Yeah. See, now there is a reasonable hot take that I like. Yeah, much better than the ones above that. <laughs> I didn't even see those. I'm going to go look at them on my phone. Yeah. The Florida Gators will win the national championship. No, but I like Florida. Florida wins the SEC. I could see that. This was the one we talked about earlier that FAU wasn't a fluke. Like, no, they, they weren't a fluke. But yeah. that doesn't mean they're going to make the Final Four again. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look at these. Some of these, some of these are not something we're gonna talk about on air. Trey Green as the oh my best. God. Trey Green as the best freshman in the Big East. Do you buy or do you sell? Uh, I could absolutely see it. I sell, but he'll be better than people think. Indiana misses the tournament. Like, We've been like on this. Stephon Castle's the best best freshman in the Big East, but yeah. Green's a top 25 freshman for me. We've both been on Indiana missing a tournament. Um, all right. So that's going to that's gonna do that there. I believe, hold on. I'm, I'm reading Wait, all look. these. Let's go down. And there was a... <laughs> oh, my God. There, there was this tweet. These are the teams to have never played in the NCAA tournament that are eligible. Okay. I saw this today. I said the five most likely to make the tournament from this group. The fighting Jeff Goodmans. UMass Lowell, Sacred Heart, SIUE, and Youngstown State. Do you have any more to add? How good's Riverside going to be? Not as good as last year, I don't they're, think. They're coached pretty well, aren't they? I like Magpio a lot. Okay. Um, He's one of the better coaches in mid-major basketball. Is Queens not eligible? No. It's their that's second sh- year. That's a shame. And th- there's also a ton of really – good teams in that conference it's going to make it really tough for them okay queens is good but i think they're, they're my pick <laughs> don't, don't tell right nick here. i said this but i think he's overhyping them a little bit the uh, that they're my pick to win that conference really yeah over eastern kentucky um shoot nope you're right i picked eastern kentucky Queens is going to be like top five, top East, four. Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky was a borderline top 100 team for me. I, I messed up on that. All right. So that's going to – is it time? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start it. Why not? All right. So um, PDT can't join for now. Um, we didn't get anything there. All right. It's 10.51. So we've been going for an hour and 51 minutes. So first off, last year – let me see we if I still I, sh- I should still have the note. Hold, let me let me see if I find it. You do. I have the note. Um, but geez, I have so many notes. Oh no, I have almost a thousand, so I have 116. So yeah, you run circles around me with notes. All right. Feast week I need to delete some of them. But all right, let's see this. Um, um where is this? All right, let's do this. You want to get the random number generator out? Yeah, I'm trying to find this. Where? All 
Where is this? What what's it called, by the way? The, the oh, no. I didn't share. I don't think I shared the note with you. I think you no, had I the, had the note. No, we both had different notes. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, so I definitely looked at it. There's no way I deleted it. That would be such a shame. All right, it's okay. We don't need last year's because we're starting anew. No, this I just want to see like see what we bet on. Oh, also, we got a question in the chat a couple minutes ago. Does Syracuse make the tournament this year? What do you think? I wouldn't be surprised, but I have them in the next four out. I, I found it. Like, if no. Syracuse makes the tournament, I wouldn't be surprised. But a bunch of things would have to go right. All right, let's do this. All right. You have the- Share that screen. Let's do it with entire screen, screen two, random.org. I'm assuming we're looking at Ken Palm for this. We are looking at Ken Palm to start us off. One to 362. Who are we going to be talking about? Oh, baby, 332. We are going to be starting oh, my setting a line on Evansville. Do we, need a line? do we need a line or do you just want to use Ken Palms? Because he projects well, okay. record. Four and 16 in the conference. Eight and 23 overall. So I'm, I would go under on three and a half in the conference. Like pretty easily. Like do they play Valpo twice? Yeah, they do. The, the the only game that Ken Palm projects them to win in the conference is Valpo at home. Yeah. So, so and like none of the other games, like would you would you go under on one would you go over on one point five? Conference games? Yeah. Um Yeah, I I, I would. I think I'd go over as well on one point five. Their, their transfer class like wasn't terrible and like they do have they do have two kids that could make an all-conference team all right let's try again 247 let's see who are we talking about here 247 is Mercer Mercer can I name a single player on this team absolutely not um is David whatever his name is still there David Blair? Jalen McCreary, that sounds familiar. Um, Caleb Hunter, do I know him? This they're is project- they're projected <laughs> 14 and 16, 8 and 10 in the conference. Given that I don't know a single player on this team's roster, I'm gonna pass. This this seems this seems like a good good team to uh to throw into a random game bet in like January. All right, you wanna do it? Yeah, let's do it. We gotta find like a one point, like a two point game or something like that. Here it is, the Citadel. On what? On Wednesday, on Wednesday, February twenty fourth, Mercer's on the road at the Citadel. Who do you want? I want the Citadel. I'll take Mercer. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Okay, hold let's on. go. Wait, what's this? Bulldogs, go Bulldogs. Twenty three, twenty four. College basketball bets. Okay, this is um. All these get all these are one dollar unless specified otherwise, right? Yes. Okay. So hold on. We got to make the random games section. All right. Mercer 
over the Citadel. That's January 24th, right? Yes. All right. There's the first one we got. All right. We have a bet. All right. 284. Montana State. I need to look at this roster. They have a new coach. Yeah. Eddie Turner's there. Um, They lost all their... They lost a lot. Yeah. But... (coughs) You all right? I'd go over on 13 and a half. Yeah, I would too. Like I think the big sky like I think the big sky is down and like Montana State's one of the better programs in that league. And I also think uh, Matt Logie is awesome. He wins everywhere he goes. Um would you go over on 14 and a half? I mean, they play three non-D1s. Yeah, I'd go over on 14. Would you go over on 15 and a half? No. I don't think I would either. Two eighty-five. We literally just went 284 to 285. Yes, we did. 285 is Tennessee Martin. Tennessee Martin. Another, another team I don't know too much about. Four non-D1s. Um, let me pull up their roster. OVC. Um, what, on, what am I looking for again? Tennessee Martin. Yeah, UT Martin. Martin. Okay, they have they have Kenny White Jr. Um, they have Issa Muhammad from New Mexico State. They have Jordan Sears, um, originally at Gardner Webb. Projected sixteen and fifteen. I look bad. I'd go. I'd go over on sixteen and a half. I would too. I might. What, what would you say to eighteen and a half? No. <laughs> Including postseason. There's no guarantee they're playing in postseason. No, no, no. Conference tournament. Oh. 18 and a half, including conference tournament? Yeah, I'm I'd not. Go, I'd, uh, what'd you say? I'm not sure I'm confident in that. Then we don't have to bet it. Would you go over, though? On 18 and a half, including postseason? Yeah. Yeah. Including conference tournament, not including postseason. Yeah. I'd go over 18 and a half. I can't go under that. Would you go over 19 and a half? No. Okay. Because I know the I know the OVC tournament format, and I'm not stupid. 346. Oh, boy. Keep getting all these big numbers. 346. Stonehill. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. Okay, Stonehill. 11 and a half. What is your, what is your bet? Tough non-con. Yeah. How many did they win last year? 
They won 14 last year. What would you say to 11 and a half? They lost Andrew Sims. Um, they lost another key guy, um, Isaiah Burnett. But they bring back Max Zegarowski. What would you say to 11 and a half? Um, over 12 and a half. Nah, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, I don't think I would take the over on that either. This is going to be tough. <laughs> we'll, 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 we are going to find these teams. There's 362 teams. We will disagree on 10 of them. We did. Did we do ten last year? I think around there. Yeah. I don't even know if we'll be we'll be able to do ten. Davidson. Okay. Fourteen and a half. Let me pull up their roster real quick. They got Skogman. They got um, Kachera. Um, Huffman, Angelo Brzee, Reed Bailey. 14 and a half? Yeah. Oh, I'd go I'd go over on 14 and a half, no problem. 15 and a half? I'd go I'd still go over. 16 and a half. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me pull something up. What? They have... What's their MTE situation? Because um, this only gives them 29 games. They're playing in Asheville. They play, they play, Clemson, U, they play Clemson or UAB after they play Maryland. So they'll play 30 games. Okay. What do you say to 16 and a half? I'll go over. I'll take the under on 16 and a half, not including conference tournament. Huh? Not not including conference tournament. Correct. All right. We have a bet. Davidson. Team totals. Under 16.5. No. You don't have to specify the postseason unless. All right. Unless we change it otherwise. All right. We have one bet down. We have nine teams to go. Plus, we have to do what's it called, too. Are we, are, do you want to do that again? Player, The player props? Yes. One moment, please. Let's... Generate two o two. Austin P. 
Austin P. I am ready to go over the heck on Austin. Yeah, P. you and I are never getting getting a nineteen point five. Like I'd still go over twenty two point five. Twenty one point five. No, I'm not going over nineteen and a half. Like at the at, if, if what I, if we include conference tournament? Include all postseason, 20 and a half. Looking at their non-con. Non-con's not easy. That non-conference stinks. No, but they play a lot of teams that are like, they don't play any like teams that they're going to definitively lose to besides Memphis. But they don't play any teams that they'll yeah, yeah, they don't play. They don't play any teams that they'll definitively lose. So that's what I said. Twenty and a half, including conference tournament, including postseason, including all postseason. Yes, which would include the CBI. I'll take the over. Twenty-one and a half. No. All right, we we're not going to make a bet there. God damn it! Oh no! What number? Three, four, three. Manhattan. Nine? Really? Nine and a half. Over. Ten and a half. Not touching it. I'm not trying to bet a Mac team with you. Last year. Okay. Last year. Last year I did it and you smoked me on it, I think. Okay, that's fair. I would have gone over to like I, I would have picked them over until like 11 or 12 and a half. Okay. 97. This now is, I believe. This is the highest team we've gotten. Charleston. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they play... Um, what is their MTE situation uh, again? They toast one. It's the Charleston Classic. <laughs> no, they're not in that. They're not in that? No, they're in Myrtle Beach. Oh. So they play 31 games. 31 regular season games. Over under 23 and a half. They play 31 regular season games. What's their draw in Myrtle Beach? Vermont, then St. Louis or Wyoming. They'll beat either of St. Louis or Wyoming. I'll, I'll definitely say that. But Vermont's tough. Is that not a three team? Is that not an 18? 18, 18 it is an 18 team? tournament. I just don't know who else is in that. Who's on the other side? I, I'm look it up. Google's I right. need to know this. I'm putting my okay. money on the line. That's PGA Tour. That is Furman, Liberty, Wichita State, and Coastal Carolina. Okay. Okay, that's um. What number are you giving me? Twenty-three and a half. Under. 22 and a half. Under. 21 and a half. No. You take it. If you take 22 and a half, I'll take. Including postseason 23 and a half. No. You're telling me Charleston's going to win one postseason game? Including postseason 24 and a half. 25 and a half, I'll go under. No. Okay. 
Did we already get 252? Did we? I feel like we did. 252 is... No, Northern, Northern Illinois. Illinois. We didn't get them. Let, let me look at their roster first. Ooh. I need a refresher. Philman Gebrowit. Really? Yeah. This roster is not good, but there's names here that I know. Um, wow. Half, what would you do? That's a tough non-conference. So what do you they, say? They play two non D ones. Twelve and a half. Under. Thirteen and a half. Wait, what? Eleven and a half. <laughs> no, I'm not taking eleven and a half. They play two D they play two non D ones. Sixty-three. Boise State. Topic of discussion. What is Boise State's MTE situation? They play. They're in ESPN events, which is a good tournament. It's a really tough tournament. 20 and a half regular season. They play 31 games. Okay. One non-D1. Two non-D1s, sorry. 20 and a half regular season? Yeah. Under. I'll go over. Okay. Boise State over 20 and a half wins regular season. We have a bet. Let's go. 47. LSU. LSU. They are not winning 17 games. We we might as well not even do this one. Twelve and a half. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're at, what's Three their sixty-one. Lemoyne. What is this? Three sixty-one. Yes. Lemoyne. Three ninety-ones. Thirty regular season games. I will take the over on nine and a half. I would too. Ten and a half. Over. 11 and a half? Would you, would you take the under if I went over on 11 and a half? Don't think I would. Okay, then let's skip this one. Because, like, my, my logic was simply that, like, there's so many bad teams in the NEC that, like... I also saw them practice, so, like, I don't think you want to bet against me there. That's true. App State. Two Nandi ones. They play what conference are they? Um Sunbelt. Yes, yeah, Sunbelt. Yeah. They do not they're in Fort Myers, so they do not have so okay, they play 30 games. Okay. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second here. Okay.
No. Okay, so they play 31 games. They have a they have a to be announced Mid American Conference opponent on February 10th. I don't get it. Nobody gets it. Over under 19 and a half. Over. 20 and a half. Over. 21 and a half? No. I think I might go under on 20 and a half. Do we have a bet? Fine, we have a bet. Let's go. I bullied you into that. <laughs> I, I didn't really want to bet App State. Over 20 and a half. I'm not very high on them. All right. 82. Ole Miss. Oh, boy. Over under 19 and a half. Under. 18 and a half. Under. All right. 193. Rhode Island. Rhodey. Rhodey. 191, they play. They play 31 games. The They play Northwestern, and then because they're going to lose that game, the loser of Mississippi State, Washington State, so that's basically two losses. Um, over, under, 13 and a half. Under. 12 and a half. Do you know this team well? A little. Like, not not a ton. I'd go under. I'd go under 12 and a half. Would you go under 10 and a half? No. I wouldn't either. Like, I mean, if looking at their roster, if Zeke Montgomery is going to be their second or first leading scorer, they're not going to win many games. Yeah, no, they're not going to be very good. And, like, I like I like Zeke at Bradley, but, like, he's not a scorer. 271. Oakland. Really tough non-conference. They're not going to win a ton of games there. Um, what is that tournament with Drake? That is Virgin Islands. Who is the other game? Hold on. It's three, it's three games. So they'll play 31. Okay, so. Virgin Islands Basketball Tournament. Sorry, that is not the Virgin Islands. Bahamas? Baha- is it like Bahamar? Probably. No, it's not Bahamar. What what is this tournament? Let, let me just pull up the the um 
blogging the bracket. I got it. It's uh, it's Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands. I knew that. So it's it's Oakland versus Drake, Loyola Marymount versus Stephen F. Austin, Marshall versus Utah State, and FIU versus Akron. Not a bad tournament. That's a really fun mid-major tournament. Mm-hmm. Shame it's on our favorite website, Flow Hoops. Oh. So, 11 and a half. Would you go over or under? I'd go over. 13 and a half. I'd go 12 and a half over, but I'd cap it at that. I wouldn't go under, though. Okay. One eight, have we I, was, done I, was only, I was only willing to go up to 12 and a half because Oakland has Rocket Watts. FIU with Arturo Dean. They'll play fast under Jeremy Ballard. They play in the same con in the same competition. They're in a weaker conference USA with a non-D1. Would you go over or under on 14 and a half? They play 31 games. We look at their roster real quick. I'll read you the roster for them. They have um, Javante Hawkins, Seth Pinckney, Peter Krivo Krico, Kapic, Dante Wilcox, Mohamed Sinogo, Okachuku Kiki, Jonathan Ibar, who's a solid pickup, Travis Gray, Jaden Lipscomb, George Pridgett, Deshaun Gittens, Jaden Bowser, and Arturo Dean, who is under. a super. You go under on 14 and a half? Yeah. What would you say to 13 and a half? I'd still go under. I'd go over. Okay. 13 and a half it is. All right. Florida International. Over. 13 and a half wins. Regular season. All right. Six more to go here on Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Stealers. Three, four, nine. VMI. Oh, Jesus. Three non-D1s. I don't know what MTE they're in with South Dakota, but they'll play 31 games, I assume. I'm not... I'm not touching this. They're the worst worst team in the SoCon by far. 278. The highway that enters New York City, I believe. 278 is Cal State Bakersfield. Can I name a single player on C-Sub? I don't know if I could. I mean, I don't think I watched them at all last year. Um. Okay, yeah, I'm not touching this. Okay. I don't know who these guys are. I'm good with that. <laughs> I just looked at those names. I'm like, I have no idea who any of those guys are. I'm a fraud. 56. Seton Hall. Seton Hall. They are in the Rady Children's Invitational. It is two games, so they'll play 31 in the Big East with a... You, who's, the, who's the other two teams in that, by the way? Oklahoma and Iowa. But they... Yeah, they'll play. Yeah, whatever. What are your thoughts on Seton Hall? Will you go over 15 and a half? Hold on. 
bloody conference games this year. Nine conference ones, really? Fifteen and a half, you said? Fifteen and a half. Over. Sixteen and a half. No, no chance. One forty-eight. One forty-eight. UNC Wilmington. Oh boy, here we go. Three ninety-ones. This is a pretty fascinating schedule here. What is their MTE? They are in the Fort Myers tip-off with App State. They, but they they play Murray State and App State. Okay. So thirty-one games, three ninety-ones. Will you go over or under twenty point five? What would you go? I would go over. I would too. Would you go over twenty one point five? No, because they play App State, who I already took their over. I'm taking the over. 21 and a half? Yeah. They're going to be good. I mean, they, they win. I mean, they won 24 last year, 27 the year before that. I'm taking the over on 21 and a half. Hold on. I need to look at the schedule. God, the bottom of this league is just so bad. We're taking it? Hold on. Oh, come on. You can't. You 21, can't. 21 and a half, you said? Regular season, yeah. Twenty-two and a half. Twenty-three and a half, including postseason. Is a CAA tournament a regular bracket? Yeah. Twenty four flat, including postseason. Include sorry, twenty four flat, including conference tournament. So if they lose, if they win twenty four games, we it's no. just a push. Nobody. Nobody makes the, the dollar. I'll go over on that. I'll go under. Mm, I was betting 21 and a half. There's, they'll, they'll end up playing three games in that conference tournament, so they need to win that conference tournament. Not necessarily. For me to make the dollar... No, no, not necessarily. I mean, if they win 22 in the regular season. Yeah. That means they get a double box. But you were you were taking the over 21 and a half anyway. Yeah, I know. But I wasn't going to take the over on 22 and a half. Double by they only they have double by would still mean they play three conference tournament games, right? But they'd have to win the conference tournament then. 
to make my dollar. Yeah, but you would still get a push even if they don't win the conference tournament. We're not doing this for pushes. I know. I'm just saying, like, it's not the worst position to be in. It's not. I'm not saying it's a bad bet for me. I'm just saying I don't want to. Like, here's the deal. Wanna... Here's here's the deal. I just like don't think that they're gonna lose seven conference games. I don't think I. I don't think they're gonna lose seven conference games either. I, I, like, I honestly don't think they're gonna lose five. I'm not sure they do either. Twenty six. <laughs> UCLA. All right, UCLA in Maui. Okay. So they play, 30, they play 31, right? Yeah, including Pac-12 tournament, over under 25 and a half. Okay, I will tell you this right now. Including all postseason, if you give me 28 and a half, I'll take the over. I will take the under. Okay. That, that, this, this, is, this is a pride bet for me. UCLA under 28.5, including all postseasons. That's six. All right, that's a fun one. That's five, isn't it? No, that's six. Davidson, Boise State. Oh, no, shit. We didn't bet on Wilmington. That's five. Halfway there. 289. Detroit Mercy. Do you know anything about this team? I know that they're going to be bad. Yeah, I know that too. And I know that they have a lot of buy games. And I know that they're in a good conference. And it looks like they're playing... Let's see. They're playing in the Cincinnati Ole Miss MT. Yeah, so they'll they will play against Cincinnati and Ole Miss. So they'll play thirty-one games. What would you say to eleven and a half? Under. We're not gonna make a bet. Yeah. Sixty-four. Nope. Not touching West Virginia. <laughs> I am not touching West Virginia. I know you are not either. The only bet I will make on West Virginia. Over under 0.5 players kicked off the team. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I have a proposition for you. How many home games does West Virginia play this year? I don't know. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, plus nine, 18. 18 home games? Yes. Over under 12 and a half home game appearances by Bob Huggins. Oh! What are you what would you say? Over 12 and a half. I would too. What about 13 and a half? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what if he has a heart attack? <laughs> that, that, From drinking that, all that beer. 
I'd go over 13 and a half. Would you go over 14 and a half? I think I would. I mean, he was at the exhibition game. Would you go over 15 and a half? No, no. That, at, that, at that point, you're, at that point, the guy has no life. Like, <laughs> I mean, what is he going to do? I mean, he lives in he lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. He's like 73 years old. He probably is on some sort of probation from driving. This is, these are all things that has to be have to be taken into account. Would you take over under zero point five players kicked off the team? No, I'm not touching that. That's that's a that's a moral that's a moral okay. dilemma. Okay, one twenty two. Hawaii. I don't want to. I don't want to bet Hawaii because I'm not staying up to watch those games. Fuck that. <laughs> 240. Okay. SIU Edwardsville. Okay. So they will play. Oh, yeah, we do play them. 31 games, three non-D1s. They're probably the top team in the conference for me. Would you take over under 21.5, including postseason? Hold on, one sec. Give me a sec. I'm all right. You looking at the roster? How how many did you say? Twenty one point five, including all postseason. But remember, there's no NIT for conference champions that don't win the conference tournament. 21 and a half, including all postseason? Yes. Which basically means if you they, – they would only end up playing – if they win the league with 20 regular season wins, you'd only get two conference tournament games, correct? Yeah, and they play in the CBI. Probably, but, right? If they won the conference tournament, they would not play in the CBI. Well, if they, but if they lost it and won the regular season, they would. No I don't know. The CBI might look for better programs this year because of the NIT. It's fair. What would you say? Twenty-one and a half. Yeah. Under. I'd go under as well. Okay. You wouldn't go under twenty and a half though. Hold on. Including conference tournament? Yeah, including all postseason. Twenty and a half? Yeah. I'd go under still. Would you go under 19 and a half? No. I'm not sure I'd go over 20 and a half. Okay. What about 20? I'm not doing flat. Okay. Nine. Duke. Nope. No, it's, yeah, it is Duke. 288. South Dakota. Not, I don't, I'm not betting South Dakota. Okay. 
17. UNC. Okay. 31 games, right? Yeah, they play in Atlantis. 31 games. Over under 20 and a half. Over. 21 and a half. Over. 22 and a half. Under. Scrap that. 3 4 3, we already did, right? 3 4 3. Manhattan, yeah. 76. Liberty. I refuse to bet on Liberty, so no. Okay. 2.15. By the way, Liberty's schedule is pretty cupcake. Just looked at it. 2.15. Ah, Roman Penn. Okay. They'll play 28 or 29 games. Twenty-eight games. Mm-hmm. Would you take the over or under on thirteen and a half? How many games do you say they play? Twenty-eight. Thirteen and a half is the number. Yep. Over. Under. But I'm not betting against ten. No, you. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> okay. That that that's that's not fair to my parents or my brother. Honestly, I was just gonna like blind bet Donahue. <laughs> like no matter what the number was. One fourteen. So would you go over on like no, 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 no. This was like before I even knew what the number was. Like I was saying, like you while you were looking up the number, I like wasn't looking at my screen and I was just, like, literally going to say, like, I will go over no matter what number he says. You like Donahue that much? I don't know. I just, like, kind of wanted to bet on Penn. (laughs) All right. Ohio. They'll play 31 games. They are in Bahamar Nassau Championship on Flow Hoops. 19 and a half. Would you go over or under? Who else is in their MT? So they'll play George Washington. Okay. And then Middle Tennessee UIC. And then Brown, Greensboro, Delaware, and Kansas City. Over. 20 and a half. Over. 21 and a half. How many games are they played? 31. Twenty-one and a half. What do you say? Over. All right. You Wait. go over two? Wait. Would you go over on 22 and a half? No. 
I don't know if I'd go under on 21 and a half. Okay. You know what? That's a tough league. You got Akron, Kent State, Toledo. I'll go under. 21 and a half. I'll go under. I'll say either Youngstown or Delaware or someone picks them off. OU? Oh, yeah, OU. OU? Under 21.5 wins regular season. Four to go. We've been doing this, by the way. We've made seven bets in 45 minutes. Yeah, we take this seriously. 136. JMU. JMU. I don't... I'm not sure I want to bet on JMU. All right. 307. Back to the back to the bottom of the list. We had a couple. Robert had... Morris. Okay. So they play 31 games. Interesting non-con. Two non-D1s. Then a tough horizon league. What would you say to 12 and a half? Hold on. Let me take a look at their roster again. Twelve and a half. What is your decision? Hold up. What do you oh, look up? What? Yeah, no. 12 and a half under. 11 and a half. Probably under. 10 and a half? No, I'm not touching that. 11 and a half, including postseason. Do they win a Horizon League tournament game? Eleven and a half, including postseason. Yes. What do you say? Just these, something's wrong. Something's up with my glasses tonight. If, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna switch over to a different pair. Under. Under on 11 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I would go under as well. Like, no Enoch Cheeks. All right. Next team. 93. San Francisco. Yeah. They'll play 31 games or 30? They're scheduled for 31, 30. 30, 31. Their MTE is Grand Canyon, DePaul, and South Carolina. 
Okay. 18 and a half. Over. 19 and a half. Over. 20 and a half. No. Wait, did we do 341 already? It is something I know nothing about. I don't either. One four nine. UC Davis, another another team I know very little about. But let's open it up. Thirty one games, two ninety ones, fun conference, eighteen and a half. Hold up. Over. 19 and a half. Over. 20 and a half. Over. 21 and a half. You're not going to get me to take four games over their projected win total. Okay. So 20 and a half. <laughs> 21 and a half with. Conference tournament, I'll take. 22 and a half with conference tournament. With no. all postseason. 22 and a half. No. Let me take a look at the rest of the conference for a second. Yeah, I'll, I'll go under on 20 and a half. 20 and a half? Yep. Including conference tournament? No. Okay. By the way, I've now gone under. We've done seven. I've gone under on five. One, seven, eight. New Mexico State. I, I, I refuse to bet on this team. Okay, it's fine. Five, five. Mizzou. We're not betting on Mizzou. Why not? We're not betting on Mizzou. I'm so confused. I refuse to bet on Mizzou. UMBC. Do you know anything about Huh? UMBC under Jim Ferry. Um, really good, really good coach over there. One ninety one game. Over under 14 and a half. Over. 15 and a half. Over. Under. No, fuck. I'm not taking another under. Fine. 15 and a half. Under 15 and a half wins. <laughs> that was a blind over by me, by the way. <laughs> I wrote the preview for this conference on Mid-Major Madness, so I did a little bit of research on this team. Oh boy. They returned nobody. <laughs> Oh, boy. So I went under 15 and a half there. All right. Maybe we can find one where I'll go over. 192. Montana. I don't know anything about them. I know that, I know that I picked them second in my uh, big sky poll. I'm, no, I'm probably not going higher than that. Prairie View A&M. Do you want to bet 31 games of Prairie View A&M basketball? No, I 
will not watch one game of that conference. Did we have a bet on the SWAC last year? No. Because it didn't become an inside joke until the first day of the season. 2-2-4. Bryant under Phil Martelli Jr. 31 games, 291s, 15 and a half. Under. I'll go over. All right. Bryant under 15 and a half. Okay. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's nine. Nine. We got one more. One more. We should we should gun for like a high major. Um, the only one including postseason was UCLA, right? Yes. Okay. One oh four. St. Joe's? No. I want to bet a high major. Yeah, let's do one to nine. 37's Georgia. 37? 37's FAU. No. Not betting on FAU. 68? Oklahoma State. Okay. Cupcake of a non-conference schedule. They'll play 31 games. They'll play St. Bonaventure, and then they'll play either Auburn or Notre Dame. 16 and a half. Over. Would you go over on 17 and a half? Yes. 18 and a half. Hold on. I'm holding hard at 17 and a half. 61. NC State. They'll play 31 games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, they play. They, they're in an MTE with Vanderbilt, BYU, and Arizona State. Okay. 19 and a half. Under 18 and a half. I'll still go under 17 and a half. No. Yeah. I wasn't going to go under there. 78. Washington. 31 games. MTE with. St. Mary's, San Diego State, and Xavier. Ooh. How is that scheduled? What? How is that scheduled? They play Xavier, and then they play either Either St. Mary's or San Diego State? Yes. Okay. Over, under, 16 and a half. Under. 15 and a half. Under. Over. There you go. All right, that's what we got. Washington. Over. 15.5 wins. Regular season. It's time for player props. Let's do five. Yeah, we had five last year. Let's do five again. You want to reprise the Henry Coleman bet? 
Are you out of your mind? <laughs> All right, let's let's go back to this and put back in three sixty two. Three fifteen. Who who's a player on team three fifteen? Dude, I'm not betting on random players. Chuck South. Never nope, not doing it. Seventy two. UCF. Now you're talking. <laughs> UCF. Over under. Zero point five conference wins. <laughs> they Hold might up. beat West Virginia at home. Okay, if I gave you UCF, oh my god, they're projected six conference wins. Are they out of their freaking mind? <laughs> um, okay, let's let's continue our bet, our, our tradition. If I gave you over under one and a half conference wins for UCF, would you take the over? I don't think I would. <laughs> one and a half conference wins? Look at the conference. They're in the Big 12. I'll take over one and a half conference wins if you'll take the under. What would you take two and a half? No. Two flat? Two flat, I'll take the over. All right, let's do it. <laughs> that This is a $5 bet, by the way. Yes. <laughs> UCF. Over two conference wins. That's a $5 bet. $5. I wrote it down. All right. We have to find player props, though. 229. Oh, when, you, when UCF opens the conference slate with a win at State. on the back because you won't do it. When UCF opens their conference slate with a win at Kansas State, you are done. Colorado, if they beat Kansas State, I'll give you twenty dollars on the spot. <laughs> I will be going back to this recording when they do. And by the way, that would void the rest of the bet. It would just be the twenty dollars. Yeah, no shit. I wouldn't ask for it. Like, oh yeah, hey, now you owe me twenty-one dollars, buddy. <laughs> or 25. Right. Colorado State. Let's take a look. What would you say Patrick Cartier would you take over or under 14 points? Who am I looking at? Colorado State? Patrick Cartier. He played 22 minutes per game last year. Shot 65% from the field and had 12.3 points per game. Over under 14.5, you said? 14. Oh, over under 14. I'll go yeah. over. Let, let, let me think about that. Okay. Patrick Cartier. Seventy-six. Yeah, I can't I I can't go under. Would you go okay. under 15? Would I go under 15? Would you go over 15? No. 14 and a half, what do you say? No. What would you do? 14. Alright, nope. 14.2 I would do. I don't know if I would go under that, though. Okay. Do you know who we just landed on? Grambling. 
<laughs> We're not betting them though. Thirty-three. We need to do like players we know for this. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-three. Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Let's take a look at Virginia. Isaac McNeely, thirteen point five. Over. 14 flat. Over. Look, I love Isaac McNeely, but I think there's just too big of a chance that he doesn't score 14 points a game. I'm taking my, I'm sw- I'm not swallowing my pride on this one. I will swallow my pride and take Isaac McNeely under 14.2 points per game. 14 point, why is it 14.2? Would you say 14.2? No, 14. 14, fuck. <laughs> that's, how you, that's, hate, how you, that's how you get an edge. I hate betting against Isaac McNeely. Who do, who do they play tomorrow night? Tarleton. Look, uh, by the gonna, way. He's going to score 30 and we're going to be in business. If he scores like 26, I'll be happy. I like him. He's he's going for fifty tomorrow but night. We're gonna be also in business. not an insignificant chance that he scores like eleven points a game. Is there a uh, they have to play? There should be a rule where these guys have to play like twenty games, right? Yeah. Twenty, at least, at least two thirds of their team's games. Okay, that's fine. This is this is this this is only regular season, right? No. No, 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 I shouldn't. I don't know why I said that. All right. One down. Four more to go. Here, let's just let's just let's just do teams within the top fifty. Twenty-four. Texas not betting on AM again, right? I'll do a different player. I won't do Henry Coleman. All right. How about Wade Taylor. All right, let me take a look at what he what exactly he averaged last year. Wade Taylor averaged 16 and 4. Would you take the over or the under on 22 points plus assists per game? Under 21. Under 20. Points plus assists. 20.5, I would go under. I wanted to go under on him, but nope. I guess not. Um, all right, let's let's go again. Eleven. Marquette. Let's see. Who can we bet on with Marquette? Cam Jones. Yeah. He averaged fifteen a game last year. 
will he average over or under 15 a game this year? Under. 14. Under. 13. Under. 12. 13 and a half. You just said under to 13 you won't take You won't take over 13? Torvik has him 11.4. Okay, that's fair. And I think Chase Ross is going to start to get some of his minutes. Okay. 12.5. Over. Under. Okay, let's do it. Cam Jones, over 12.5 points per game. He averaged 15.1 last year. All right. Three more to go. Team number 50 is Iowa. All right, let's see. Patrick McCaffrey is projected 16.1 points per game. No shot. Would you take the over or the under on 12 points per game for Patrick McCaffrey? I would take the under. What about 11? I would take the under. 10. 10.5. No. Okay. Four. Yukon. Shall we? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Players, not teams. All right. Will you take the over or the under on Donovan Klingen? 25 point, 27 points plus rebounds plus blocks over 28 over 29 over 30 29.5 I hate myself are you taking me under I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself. But I have to go under. 29.5 points plus rebounds plus blocks. I have to take the under. That is just an absurd number. Now watch him come out and average like 22 and 20. 14 with four blocks. <laughs> that would, uh, again, I would be happy. He doesn't even that. need the blocks to get there. <laughs> yeah. 22 and 14. He doesn't even need the blocks to not just clear that, but clear that times 1.25. All right. 44. Michigan. Michigan. All right. What will be higher, Michigan's winning percentage, or you know it's gonna, you know what the next line is gonna be, right? Or Terrace Reed's free throw percentage. Michigan's winning percentage. All right. Over under. 
Doug McDaniel, 15. Under. 14. Under. 13 and a half. Under. I'll go over. Okay. All right. One more to go, and then we can do one more game. It was 13 and a half, right? That was the number? 13 and a half. Colorado. If you say his name, I'm leaving the stream. Over under. <laughs> 3.5 vile Cody Williams tweets that gets that get me ratioed. That's ins- that's insider trading. <laughs> okay. Over under Eddie Lampkin, 13 points plus rebounds. I'm broken. I went to go, I'm on Torvik right now, and I went, I went to Colorado to look at Lampkin's numbers from last year, and I clicked on Cody Williams. But so Lampkin broken. last year averaged six point three and five point nine. Okay, hold on. Thirteen points plus rebounds for Eddie Lampkin. Under. 12. Under. 11? No. 34. Xavier. This is a really tough team to bet. Yeah. Over, under. Des Claude, 11 points per game. Under. 10. 10.7. No. Michigan State. <laughs> Over. Un- Uh-oh. What, what, what are you going to say? <laughs> Over. How many games do they play? In the regular season? 31. Over under 20 and a half games that either Carson Cooper or Jackson Kohler enter the game before Xavier Booker. (laughs) (coughs) Kohler's currently hurt. Over under. Over under. Cohen Carr. 7.5. Dunks that go on the Sports Center account. I'm gonna say no to that just because, like, I don't want to keep track of it. Okay. Jaden Aikens, 13 and a half points. Under 12 and a half. I'd still go under 12. I'll go under there. I'll take the over. All right. 12. All right. So we have 15. Sorry. We have 17 bets right now. Yes. We need one more. We just need any random game. So 
One to three sixty-two. Give us a number. No. Sorry. Let's let's do it this way. Two hundred to three sixty-two. No, do like one hundred to three sixty-two. No, no, no. Three eighteen. Who's three eighteen? Western Michigan. Okay. Western Michigan versus Central Michigan, January 27th. No, I don't like that. The uh, Versor game's too close to that. What if we bet on a game that I'm planning on going to? Sure. All right, let's take a look at the games that I'm planning on going to. I'll do that. Wagner versus Manhattan, December 30th. I'll take Manhattan. Damn, I was going to take Manhattan. (laughs) All right. Chicago State at FDU. Who do you take? What day is that? January 10th. I'll take FDU. You want me to take Chicago State? Do you want to? Hell yeah, but I don't think it's the smart move. (laughs) (laughs) Given that they'll be freaking exhausted. All right, how about Okay, I guess we're not going to bet on a team that I'm a game that I'm going to. 306. By the way, happy game day. We just hit midnight. Yeah. Post. Season's here. North Carolina Central, coached by Lavelle Moten. Mm-hmm. What do you say? NC Central. Nope, not doing this. Don't like any of those games. Delaware against... Towson, nope, that's the same night. Um, Who would you take on February 26th at Delaware, between Delaware and Drexel? I would take Delaware. I would, too. Okay, I got one. Okay. Little Rock against Moorhead State at Little Rock, February 15th. Take Moorhead State. I'll take Little Rock. 
All right, we have a bet. What the, what day is that? February fifteenth. Okay. Um, All right, let's go Trojans. <laughs> Hold on. All right, so that is what we've got there. We've been going for three hours and ten minutes. Do does anybody have anything else to add on? I'm just I'm looking for something. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Shall shall we reprise that bet? Yes. Given that he took the teams that he took. I'm not taking the over again. Well, I'm not taking the under. <laughs> so I you're guess not, we're not. You're not taking the under? Well, what, you said you're not taking the over again. Yeah, I'm not taking the over on that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not taking the over either. Okay. What else did we bet last? Okay, year? hold on. I have a proposition for you. Okay, go ahead. Friday, December 22nd, three days before Christmas, Wisconsin plays host to Chicago State. And you know why I brought this game up. If I gave you 26 and a half, which Ken Palm projects it to be a 25-point game, would you take Chicago State? No. If I went down to 25 and a half, would you take Wisconsin? 25 flat. I'll take Chicago State. I don't think I don't, I don't I don't want to bet against Chicago State though. Like I like Chicago State. They follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Because you said they were making the NCAA tournaments. Okay, fine, <laughs> yeah. you gave a hypothetical about, about them making the NCAA tournaments. <laughs> that got me the shout out on the second best college basketball podcast. Outside of the one right here. Yes. All right. Here's my question. If I gave you $100, you have to give me $1 if Chicago State loses. I give you $100 if they beat Wisconsin. No. Why would I ever do that? <laughs> I'm not putting a thousand dollars on the line, but theoretically, would you take that? Yes, for a thousand dollars, I would take that. <laughs> what would be your limit? If you went up to two hundred dollars, I would take it. I would, I would take it if you offered me a hundred. Oh, hold on, PDT is here. Okay, this is a treat. PDT is here. Yeah, what's good, man? What's good? All right. So, so we were just we were just going over some bets for this season. I want I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, let's hear it. So I took I, and I I swallowed my pride on this one. I took Isaac McNeely under fourteen points per game. Mm, I mean, I I, I I would honestly side with you on that one. I, I feel like that's fair because. You know, Virginia have a lot of guys coming back. There's also a lot of new guys coming in. And I think they're a team that meshes really well. Like, most of the talents that they have on their team are on that same kind of level. So, 
I, I think Isaac can get to that 14 status, but I think there's, there's a possible r- r- chance that he's in that 13 ballpark, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe 12, honestly. But he yeah, can get to that, that, that's what I was kind of going for there. I like him a lot. Um, I've, I've said the line that, like, he is the most out there name I can think of that if you said, hey, he's going to be an All-American, I'd say, I'll hear your argument. But the, the odds are just too high that he falls behind a roadie or someone else in there or a Beekman as well. And a couple other guys in the pecking order, it's certainly possible. Yeah. I think I Beekman's probably going to um, be the main anchor of that team. I don't think he's going to lead the team in scoring. Actually. I, I think there's a chance Isaac could, it could be a roadie. Honestly, I think everyone is a toss up. It, it also could be Beekman leading the team in scoring, but I think that's, that's really going to be one of the more balanced teams in my opinion. So I don't know. It's and, they also to... play, and they also play really slow. So, right, was... yeah. I took the so Cam Jones is an interesting one because he scored 15 a game last year. Torbic has him projected for 11.4. I took the over on 12 and a half. Cam Jones, Marquette, Cam Jones under yeah. 12. Oh, oh he's going over 12 and a half. Oh, over 12. He's going over for sure. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. I, I was so. just trying to see how how far down I could get Jonathan to go. What did Jonathan have him at? Uh, well, I mean, we have we have the same. Like, we're betting each other. No, I know, I know that. I'm saying, what's he got under or over? Oh, he he has the under. I have the over. Oh yeah, I think Sam. I think Sam got that one. All right. This was a fun one, and I swallowed my pride again. Donovan Klingen, I took the under twenty nine point five points plus rebounds plus blocks. Mm, uh, honestly, it's possible that can happen. I, I would probably still lean over, um, because I think he's just gonna, you know, be a workforce in, in the paint and get a lot of rebounds, get a lot of blocks. Points is probably to be the one thing that separates that one, because I know I guarantee he's gonna have the rebounds, the blocks to at least get that twenty-three range, twenty-two. I mean, not twenty-three, right? My bad. The seventeen, eighteen range, but it's all for how much he's gonna score. If he gets at thirteen, fourteen points per game. It's possible. I mean, UConn's really another team that's kind of well balanced. Like the past three teams you mentioned are really well balanced, but it's, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying it's betting's hard, man. It's, it's, it's all you know, it's hard. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's why that's why it took us literally over an hour to do. Like it, how how long did it take us? We started the betting segment at ten forty five. It <laughs> took us almost an hour and a half to do seventeen bets. And yeah. only five of them were player props, and those took and those were pretty fast. The team props, oh my god, those took forever. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, take I took, I'm out. I took the over on Doug McDaniel for thirteen and a half points. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I mean, Olivier might lead them in scoring, but Doug's probably going to be right there with him. Um, it, you started this what three hours ago? It says three hours ago. <laughs> We started three hours ago. Yeah, I remember. I, I honestly want to come in from the first minute. I just had stuff to do. But, uh, but yeah, so you so were you talking over every single team or did that happen? I don't know how long you guys are going. So what we did, we started with exhibition notes. Mm-hmm. Um, things we, and then we did this segment called Vibe Checks where we had people, uh, we, we had some correspondents from around the country send in videos of like the vibe around the program they cover or that they're a fan of. And Mm we kind of talked through that. We're actually going to clip all of those and post them on Twitter after this, after we're done. That's my job. 
And then we did, and then we had Nick from Mid Major Madness on, and we spoke for a while there. And then we went over the hot takes that some that people put under my tweet, and then we started the betting segment. Okay, got you, got you, got you. So uh, we, we we were actually going to bring you in here to talk a little bit about the draft because yeah, we can do that for sure. That's obviously uh, your that's obviously your thing. I mean, I'll put it like this. It's, it's that's definitely one of the things I do, but I also like to do, you know, recruitment as well, like high school recruitment stuff like that. And so, yeah. any freshman, honestly, I think I've scouted at least at least watched the film through everyone. So, I mean, whatever it is you want to do, I'm down to talk. You know, hoops. Um, I just gotta tell you, at, l- at least like 30 more minutes than I have to head out because I got an early class. So I'm just letting you know. So yeah, I don't know how much. I don't know how long we're gonna do this for, but I mean, we've yeah. been going for over three hours, yeah, and I, I have an, and I have an 8 a.m. tomorrow. So I think you're same here. So so I don't know. I, I don't know how much longer I want to go, but I I could go forever. I can exactly. We can go forever. It's, it's college basketballs tomorrow. I mean, that's. I've been waiting for like five, six months for that. So I'm glad we're here. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, we, uh, I, I can talk, can about, talk about some freshmen. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do freshmen. Let's do freshmen. Who's who's some of your like underrated guys that you think will pop freshman year? Uh, high major, low major, or anything doesn't matter. Let's let's go high major. Specifically. Okay. Uh, well, I see you're wearing a Missouri shirt, so I was gonna say Trent Pierce. Like, offer okay. it. I like Trent. I, you know, I heard he's doing really good um, in the practices, in the summer uh, runs, etc. Um, and he's 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 got the length. He's got everything you need. I feel like Missouri is a team that has every kind of position of need. So uh, Trent brings energy in. He's one of the hardest working dudes I've seen. So I think he's going to get his minutes right out, right off the rip, and I think he's going to produce well. Um, and, and then another, I would say, underrated. Um, I think there's a lot of underrated players in this class. Like by the way, I, I, there's because this is a top-heavy class that I thought was weak in the top hand, but there was a lot of depth to it, and so there to me it was a ton of sleepers and guys that were ranked, you know, in spots I felt like they should have been ranked higher. Um, and I wouldn't say Gavin Griffiths is a sleeper per se, but considering where he's ranked, 67 on 24/7 hoops, I think that's very low because I think he's going to lead, maybe lead records in scoring. You know, he can get to that 14, 15 range. Um, he's an elite shooter. He can move out the ball. He can. He's athletic. I mean, there's everyone's gonna use those type of stereotypes. He's more athletic than he actually is. I think Gavin's, you know, legitimately pretty athletic. Um, he can move nice first step. So, you know, I think he's gonna be an underrated freshman. Uh, JoJo Tugler, Houston, uh, elite defender, um, crazy length. I think seven three wingspan. Uh, he runs the floor uh, enormously well. And plus, you know. Yeah, Calvin Sampson, that's the, the gritty type of system that, that he plays, and he wants all his guys putting in energy. And two is one of the most energetic players. Even if he doesn't have a jumper, I think he has every single aspect that translates to at least college basketball. I think Silas Denver Jr., um, I think he's a four-star. He was a four-star, but he's 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 going to be one of the main, you know, primary creators for Georgia. And that's, that's a young team, but they also have Tomlinson at the two-guard. So, I think Denver has a chance to be a point guard for them and really elevate their offense. I mean, I'm just thinking uh, Carlson Carrington, Pittsburgh, he's going to be another lead creator who's really underrated, who's really talented. He's going to make an impact for sure. Um, I'm just, just going down the list. I'm, I'm on 24-7 sports right now. I'm just looking at who I think can make an impact. Um, 
and just just rolling with it. But honestly, uh, Lazar Djokovic, who isn't on twenty four seven, but from Xavier, I think uh, he he was great. He was always like underrated when he was playing in the U nineteen U twenty one U nineteen Serbian club ball. Um, but I think he really elevated his status when he went to the World Cup this year. And the thing is, World Cup really you know puts a lot of exposure on because more so you know not everyone's gonna have the time to watch Serbia club ball. And I'm not saying I was, but I, I tuned in a little bit. So I wasn't really familiar with him until the FIBA um, uh, World Cup this year. And that's when I really started to realize that he's really, really good. He he can move. He can, uh, you know, he can handle it. He can shoot. He's athletic. And so I think he's the perfect player for that Xavier Sean Miller system to really elevate. And also, I think all the Xavier freshmen are underrated. Swan and Trey Green, I think they're all pretty, pretty good as well. And then I'm just going to throw out a pretty, like, I would say it's it's a it's not high major, but he's just underrated. You know, Meyer Wall, Charleston. I think he's going to be a um, highly impactful freshman as a mid major level. And I mean, I think there's a ton of mid major guys who are going to elevate like freshman status who are going to be impressive as freshmen. But those are a little you, you, those have to take times. So it's really hard for those guys. But I'll I'll throw in one more uh, underrated freshman in my personal opinion for the high major level. Um, and just right now, I'm thinking um, Drew Fadler, Georgetown, six ten, six eleven, can move the can move. He's really athletic as well. Has a has a, he stretch stretchability. So yeah, I, I, those are just off the top of my head. Just looking at twenty four seven, just looking down some underrated you know freshmen who are probably gonna make a bigger impact than people project them to. So that's my couple of names. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw Drew play in person last year um, at Mizzou at Mizzou. Um, they they played here against Link Academy and he he impressed me. High energy guy. Um, the Here's other thing question. I wanted to ask you was uh, what, what I, your I have a question about Drew Fielder. Go for it. Um, do you think he can play alongside Supreme? Yeah, I actually think uh, personally Supreme is. I watched the film on Supreme and I know what Georgetown is probably going to use him as their main you know uh, center. And run a run a lot through not through him but with him on the court obviously, um, but to me I never really was impressed with him personally. Um, you know he's he's got to be a you know rim runner. He's got to be a relocator. You know set screens, play be an energy big as well. Um, and I just thought you know he a lot of the guard. I know it's a it's a it's a lower level of competition. I know the Mac. Um, uh, I know that's something you specialize with Sam, and so yeah. I know you watch with Supreme, but you know, I was, I felt like uh, in, in terms of switching to big a big uh, Big East, um, it's a completely different system of ball, especially Georgetown what they run. And so I don't think it's gonna be too fast for him. I just don't think J and F is the perfect guard to run with him. My personal opinion, I don't think Supreme Cook is gonna translate as well if Jaden and F is the starting point guard. But yeah, I think Fedler works a little better because he doesn't have to rely on Jaden Epps. He's a stretch big. Supreme doesn't have that stretch ability, so he can play the four honestly. And George playing the four in Georgia system, I, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of Georgetown system and the, the way they play, but I think Fedler can translate well. I would have liked if Fedler stayed at Providence, but I think he admitted Providence. Not, not, I'm not 100% sure. It's so much basketball news, I can't remember everything, but I think Fedler is going to translate a little better. It won't, it won't be this year. I think Fedler is going to come off the bench. Kind of, you, do, do you, you know Connor Turnbell, right? Yeah, he's a Fedler. Yeah, that's kind of what I think Fedler does year one. That you come off the bench, be it makes some athletic uh, plays off the bench, hit hit a couple threes. He's gonna show flashes this year, and people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that's a breakout candidate." 
but it's going to take two to three years, and then he's going to really take that jump. My personal opinion. Um, All right. I think he should. Yeah, I think I don't know. Georgetown's tricky because it's always hit or miss how they develop their guys. Yeah, they're a better guard play school, in my opinion, than you know, bigs. It's going to be interesting to see like what they do. I mean, they'll probably have to play fielder a good amount, even if he's not ready, because they only have eleven scholarship guys, and Masood's down. Right. So. And like that front court isn't super deep. Like, I mean, I'm not a. I don't think Ryan Matumbo is very good. So, no, not at all. Probably, you'll probably have to play a fielder alongside Cook a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, one. What I wanted to ask, um, actually, was I'm from the Chicago suburbs, and I follow high. I've followed high school basketball in Illinois since I was young. Mm-hmm. Who do you think are some of the best freshmen? Um, under low major, mid major, or high major from Illinois this year. Uh, from Illinois, um, yeah, uh, again, off rip, I have to say Illinois is kind of an underrated hoop state because I don't think a lot of people associate them with you know Georgia or any of the hierarchies. Um, I think when people compare Illinois, they often compare it at the same level of Michigan. I thought Illinois is better than Michigan, um, but yeah, so mid major, high major sleepers. I, I know Brock Cardin's from Illinois, right? He's yeah. To- yeah. Oh, so for sure, he's definitely one in those high major. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are starting to jump in that way that Brock Harden's gonna be really good. And I saw the exhibition; he had you know, five assists. He didn't score a single point, but his game is mature above his years. So I think he's gonna be an impactful player. Um, and then I think another one, Illinois, thinking of Simon. I'm thinking uh, Miles Rubin, 100%. Uh, okay. Chicago. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. staying at home, and he's just a again run runner big who. Who has every? He's great hands. He can catch, you know, a little bit, a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. um, athletic. So I think he's going to be a big one for sure. And then I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think. Um, uh, oh, I remember uh, uh, Dalen da- uh, Davis uh, from Winnie Young. I remember yeah. him. That's one I liked. He's super shifty, quick, mm-hmm. uh, competes on ball defensively. I, I don't remember where he was going. I, I think it was. Uh, it wasn't in. Uh, no, he's at Princeton. I want to say. Okay, Princeton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but Princeton again. They they're actually a pretty underrated team too. They have a bunch of guys, um, and so they they develop too. So he's he's definitely gonna be one. I'm just uh, and then Belmont had one. I completely forgot his name. It started with I think it's Drew Snarski. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he's he's really nice. Six eight, six nine. I think can can move a little bit of a handle. Can shoot. Um, I think those are like the four I would say are underrated. Um, okay, have you um, I, I, have you seen Ahmad Henderson at all? No, I don't think I did. Okay, he um, I he went to Brother Rice, um, which is in the city. Um, he's yeah. playing at Ni- Niagara this year. I really like him. So. Yeah, okay. the staff at Niagara loves him. They brought in one freshman oh, this year. Uh, they I, were no, I know, I know Ahmad. He's he's small. He's really good. I mm-hmm. I couldn't. It's hard to keep track of every single name, so I blanked with him. But yeah, I I I know him. Super 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 skills. Really good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were talking. Well, I asked Sam about that one actually. I messaged yeah. him about it. The Niagara staff loves him. I mean, they were they made a very concerted effort to get older this year. They brought in one freshman, and they think he can be one of their best players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Mac actually has some pretty decent freshmen. I can't lie. Um, yeah, it's a much better class than last year. I mean, we got DJ Dudley coming in. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Manhattan has a fun class with Sadu Traor and with um he started yeah. too, right? He's, Ginny, he started. Um, yeah, he's gonna start. Ginny Lee, the Chinese um Chinese yeah. big man, he's fun. Mm-hmm. Iona has um Aranger um Jeremiah Quigley, um Rodrigo Farias. Yeah, I like um, Farias. They have um and then, then there's Marist with Schofield. There's Matt Curtis at um there, there's Matt Curtis there as well. You've got guys um like who else is in who else is coming into the league? Um Armani Zegler from Samuel Peters, right? He's yeah, like, Armani Ziegler. Um yeah, Zakai's he's other brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's bouncy, really, really bouncy. Like Yeah, he's, right. he's also six four, which Zakai yeah. is not. Yeah, Zakai would be a BC six four. He'd be in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Zakai at six um, four would already be in the league. Right, that's what I'm saying. He'd definitely be in the league. And but yeah, just to touch back on you know the the Mac, I think better than last year. They don't have the same type of talent they did last year. I think a lot of their best players. No, 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 no. The freshmen are better. Freshmen are better. No, I said that. Yeah, freshmen are better. The returners aren't really so so great. I mean, they're not bad, but I mean, we we lost fourteen of the fifteen all Mac guys. I mean, what do you yeah. expect? Yeah, with, I mean, I I loved a lot of the guys last year. You know, Thomas and Javon McCollum, just some really really great hoops. Walter, but this year, obviously. yeah, Walter Clayton and Janash Jenkins. I mean, you lose everyone, it's hard to regroup that. I didn't think they really did a great job. It's hard to really. It, it really takes time. You got to see those guys live. We also lost Patrick Garner. I'm thinking that I, I like Garner too. But yeah, it's gonna be I think a younger. It's it's gonna be a younger conference where a lot of guys step up. And I was watching the Manhattan uh, and uh, St. Joseph's game. And another guy, like, uh, I'd never really put Rumble. on my radar. It was Brent Rumble. Yeah, was exactly. Rumble. I saw that game. He was great. I wanted to rewatch the tape. And it, he, I didn't see anything in St. Bonaventure that really piqued my curiosity. Then I went back to the high school film, and that's when he looked exactly what he did in Manhattan. So, really, again, college basketball is all about systems and opportunities. And a lot of these guys don't flourish in their original teams that they join into. And so once they make the move to another team, they're going to find maybe, you know, potential stardom. It's really hard to project who's going to break out. I mean, there's you have an idea, but, you know, for a guy like Brent Ruppel, he's probably going to end up averaging 16, 17 a game, lead the lead Manhattan in scoring. I, I think so. I saw the first game. He, yeah, he I think they'll lead them in scoring, but 16 or 17, I don't know how fast they're going to play. <laughs> yeah, he plays fast, though. I can't lie. He yeah, does he play plays fast. fast. The only issue with him is he can't shoot. Like, I, I didn't see anything that indicated him to be and a shooter. And, like, I, I asked Gal about – him and like he said brett like brett rumple's gonna be the primary ball handler and like if yeah. we need to we'll put Jaden winston and if we need to we'll put um lorenzo washington in but like he was pretty confident that rumple could be their primary ball handler and yeah he looked like it i'm excited yeah. to see what they do against bryant tomorrow speaking of bryant by the way i i have the I have the over on 15 and a half regular season wins for Bryant. That's, um, that's, that's attainable. Yeah. We ended up, we ended up doing a lot of 15 and a half in there, yeah. uh, but it, it should be fun. Manhattan is, a, yeah, Manhattan's a good team. Super not a good team. They're young. Super young. I, super I just want to say not good, but they're young. I saw the game. I know that Eric Reynolds, Lynn Greer, they're not good defenders, yeah. Um, but Rumpel just went through everyone. Effortlessly, yeah, like he knows St. how. St. Joe's has this freshman big guy from Canada, Essendon. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap, he was incredible. Yeah, he was good. I mean, St. Joe's has a really, really good eye for talent. They know how to. They know how to recruit. They know how to develop. They just don't know yeah. how to really Billy get. Lang, their coach, 
their yeah, Lang is he's good at doing getting the guys in, developing them, getting Stay better, line, but he just can't seem to win. Say the line. Yeah, the St. Joseph's team is really talented. I think I looked, I looked at the A10 the other day. They're probably the most talented team. I'm dead serious. Maybe a bit outside of Dayton, but I think I think Bonaventure's talented too. Yeah, Bonaventure as well, as well too. But Bonaventure has a way better coaching system, and they know how to get their guys to wait right the season. I think the talents they're very talented, uh, St. Joseph's, but I feel like they're gonna you know backtrack and disappoint like they usually do. Which is you know what I say. I say recruit like recruit like Tarzan, coach like Jane. Yeah, that's pretty much what he is, and that's. I not- don't know. Who, I don't know who it was that said that. And I would love to credit whoever came up with that. I think someone said it about Rick Stansberry last year. But, like, someone came up with that, and I stole it. I have no idea who said it. I have no clue either. Like, completely honest with you. Um, Off of the Mac, because... Let's go A-10. We're talking about St. Joseph's. Let's do A-10. Because this is not our... Mac podcast. We'll we'll, we'll do a Mac yeah. podcast at some point. For sure, we can do a after the first week podcast too. I think you're probably gonna do that anyway. Yeah, we're, we're 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 gonna Jonathan and I. We're planning on doing brackets, bubbles, and bit sewers multiple times a week. For sure, we'll yeah. Prob- just we'll probably have a show tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be uh locked in, just kind of get like posting because I feel like that's what I like to do, and I feel like yeah. people, you know, not and not people. I don't know why I said people, but a lot of people aren't gonna watch every single game. And so I'm gonna try to get that on, on top of that for sure, but yeah, A10. Just looking at it, I mean, this is to me probably one, probably my favorite mid-major conference. Like, yes. to be honest, I think so. I, think I love the a A10. That's a local league for me. I've been, I go to all, the, I go to a lot of Fordham games. Um, A10 yeah. is awesome. It's just right. that nobody's good. <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody finds a way to screw it up every year, and it's incredible. Hey, but it's fun hoops, though. It's, it's really fun yeah, hoops. exactly. I love it. Right. And I'm going to touch in, like, one of the teams I think are going to be pretty bad, but I, I don't think they're going to be fun to watch. I'll start off with George Mason. Um, off rip. I, I don't think they're going to be good, uh, per se, but they have a lot of fun talents. I think one of them, I think, is going to take a jump, and he's he really worked hard this offseason. He was – Keisha Hall, uh, you know, the last year, I think he was at 285 pounds when he joined college. I'm not 100% sure. But now he's down to 220. You know, he's really? completely he's completely changed his body. He moves really well. But he's always a big guard out of high school. And now he's legitimately just a 6'7 guard. That's what he is. But, you know, he's good. He's talented. He's going to be arguably maybe the lean scorer. I would probably say it could be just a, a Darius Maddox being the lean scorer or a polite. But I think they're going to be a decent team but not great. Um, and I'm just looking at each team, just going to say, like, what I feel. Or you want to touch in and say how you feel. How do you feel about Fordham? Because you just mentioned, you know, like Fordham, yeah. I, I think I, we talked a little bit about them earlier with Nick. We kind of went through the A-10 a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Fordham. I think that they bring back um, a lot of key pieces in Charlton and Rose. And Richardson's going to take a step. And Simbila's there. And I think Midor is a great pickup. Um, Rivera is a great pickup. And Fordham people seem to be really high on Dean, on Gray, on Montas, and Best, the the freshman class from last year that didn't get a ton of reps because of injuries yeah. and because they had an experienced team with Khalid Moore and Quisenberry and Nowitzki in the mix. Yeah, I heard a lot of chatter about Montas just taking the jump. He didn't play at all, I think, last year. I think it was like two three games. Um, so yeah, they, they were injured and redshirting and all that stuff. Yeah, so I think he redshirted, so he's he's gonna be good. I mean, I I I know 
Rivera played a terrible team last year, Lafayette. So I know yeah, he's Rivera. Started. Rivera played for. It was Lafayette, I think. Lafayette or Lehigh. Well, I think it was Lafayette, but that's just all. It was, it was Lafayette, yeah. Yeah, Patriot League is bad hoops. Let's be real. He played with oh. CJ Fulton. He played with CJ Fulton and Leo Boyle. So. Yeah, Leo. That's Boyle. It, that's, that's, hey, going yeah. eleven and twenty-three with those three guys got Mike Jordan fired. So. Right, exactly. You, you should be fired. But Rivera, on the other hand, I, wa- I I didn't watch the game. I just saw the box score. I was like, wow. It was the uh, you they play UMBC in the exhibition, and Rivera yeah, shot one for thirteen. Uh, it was one for thirteen. I'm pretty sure. And I don't know because he never once at Lafayette was taking more than ten shots, maybe or eleven shots. And he's gonna go to a team that's better in Fordham, and probably be the secondary option. So that's. To me, I don't know if Rivera is capable uh, capable of a secondary option. I always thought he was a glue guy. You know what I'm saying? Athletic, but yeah. Not. I mean, the thing the thing with that is he had seven offensive rebounds in that game, so I think it's yeah. just like he missed a lot of putbacks. Putbacks possible? It's possible. I don't so, know. Like, so. I mean, Richardson took twelve shots. Medore took fourteen. I don't think Josh Rivera is going to be taking thirteen shots a night. But even shooting yeah, one for thirteen, he was a plus five. Like that's right. Well, he's a great defender, so that's in a in a four point game. Like that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, and he's a great defender. He's gonna find his role for sure. Yeah, we talk about uh Medor. Um, he was at UTSA. Uh, I always thought he was nice. I mean, he never he wasn't efficient, but he's shifty. He's quick. Uh, and you know, a ten is all about guard play, really. And so he's gonna translate just fine personally. And also, Will Richardson, another guard who can fill it up. Really good shooter. So I mean, for him, I think should be fine, but. I don't know if they're, you know, going to be in the top five of this conference or even top seven for that matter. I would I, say I top. I'm, you you high in them? You high in them? I'm comfortable in the top seven. I have them at five, but like seven is okay. fine. Yeah, I don't see that personally. I mean, seven's fair. I'll give seven for sure, but I don't know about five. I would say my top five. I'm not putting the same show, so it's just because I don't I mean, believe in them. It might just be the fact that, like, I saw it up close. I'm I've talked with Ergo a lot. Like, this is a team mm-hmm. that. Like I've believed in for now, this is the third year that I'm like looking at this and being high on Fordham. So like maybe it's just that, but like there's people that are higher than me on Fordham. Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, I maybe have to check them out a little. I mean, tomorrow's gonna be a good preview for me, honestly, because you know, as much as much as we can, you know, watch last year's film, watch a lot of the guys that that are coming in. We don't know how they're gonna mesh day one, and some guys. They play Wagner. Oh, that's a win for sure. Oh, and Wagner Wagner's got Melvin Council from Juco. Mm. He averaged like 20 a game at Juco last year. They also have Zay Blake from Green Bay, who, who's interesting. Green Bay was, t- was terrible last year, right? Green Bay was terrible, but they sent a couple guys to interesting places. Like, yeah, uh, I know. Randy, yeah. Randy Tucker is at Niagara now. And yeah, but like Fordham, I'm, that place, that, that gym is going to be absolutely rocking like it's gonna be that that place every time i went last year it would get louder and louder and louder that's it's a a small gym right yeah it's a hundred years old tiny they were doing renovations last year so they only had like 1800 people there it was impossible to get a ticket thank god i didn't need a ticket thank you mr joe debari the sid had fordham yeah, I never been to a Fordham game. I never been to a ten game in general, but I, I I've heard that their venues are insanely 
insanely great. Especially Dayton, I heard was really good. Um, so I've been mean to, I've been mean to go to one of those. Uh, just a completely different. I would say the the A10 venues that I really really want to go to mm-hmm. are Dayton, VCU, the Siegel Center, and um, Ole and um, the Riley Center, St. Bonaventure. Yeah, I want to go to the VCU one for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, I want to go to all 362. Um, oh, of course. I want to like, be. Uh, I want to be coaching. No, not coaching, but I want to be a director of scouting in one of those yeah. teams. So like, I, I, I want, I, I want to eventually go to every single venue in the sport. Like, that's, like I have a note on my phone, Road to Three Sixty Three, because I have Hartford on there because I've been to a Hartford game. Um, so like Road to Three Sixty Three. Like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna go to all Three Sixty Three. But like, I, like my priorities list. It's like for the A10, Dayton, VCU, Bana. Yeah, I mean, I think all A10 teams probably have a good enough venue, um, except for LaSalle, but I know they're rebranding. So I'm going to be going be there this year um, once. That they that that building is a total meme on A10 Twitter. It is amazing. Yeah. Uh, we got to move a little quicker here because, like, I don't, I don't want to, like, go over every team in a conference because, like. For sure. What you, so, yeah, so we, we you can always go a subtopic. We can talk about that topic because I think we're just jumping into every conference we, we hear a name about. We just – let's go there. Sam, so. I actually got to go. So All right, so Jonathan's got to go. So we're – we we got we to yeah. wrap up. We're not going to do the show without Jonathan. For sure. So we'll, we'll um, get you on again. Don't worry. Get me on because, I mean, I, I would have done this earlier. I just told you I was really busy. Yeah, so, I mean, busy. I think we just rack it up, right? What do you think? Right now is a good time? Yeah, I think now's a good time. Yeah, um, we'll definitely we'll be doing multiple shows a week here on Brackets, Bubbles, and Bits Theories. It is game day. It is Christmas morning. It's twelve forty-one a.m. We are less than eleven hours. We're ten hours and nineteen minutes away from IUPUI and Spalding tipping off. I will be celebrating it somewhere. I will be at Syracuse, New Hampshire tomorrow night at the JMA Dome. So excited for that. I'll see Clarence Daniels, Judah Mintz, Tyler Wilson, Red Autry. Fun game there. Syracuse is going to win. UConn is going to beat Northern Arizona. We're going to have a fun day. And we'll see you tomorrow night, hopefully. If we don't have a show, we'll probably have a space. This has been the Christmas Eve spectacular of Brackets, Bubbles, and Bit Stewards for Jonathan Litskin, for all of our guests, Nick Lawrenson, and for the for, for PDT and for everybody that sent in a vibe check for Harrison Simeon, Maddie Hartley, Ethan Bach, Kevin Fielder, Alex Cervantes, and Austin Mitchell. This has been Brackets, Bubbles, and Bid Stealers. This was season four, episode 11. I can't wait for season four, episode 12. I can't wait for college basketball. This outro is taking longer than it needs to. We'll see you soon, and let's have some fun. We sleep in May.